Hello and welcome to the Super Show podcast. And uh, it's a very special day because you know, it's me, Chris, and I'm here and no one else, just me. That's not true. Jamie's with me. And Jonesy's not here because I killed him and I buried him and he's dead now. Uh, but maybe he'll resurrect for next week. You never know because like when things are in, in biblical proportions, it's hard to tell, Jamie. How it are is. you doing today? I'm been better going into podcast. You know, like five hours sleep, 12 hours work, but it's nothing that a conversation about video games and Red Bull can't fix, right? That's what we always that's say I, here. That's what I like to hear. Hell yeah. I mean, you've you got to admire the dedication, right? Yeah. Speaking of dedication, as you hint at, would you ever actually do a one-man podcast? Do you think you could, both in on your own in terms of your energy for it and for the audience's sake, do you think you could sustain a one-man show? Uh... I mean, I, I have been very capable of um, sustaining oh. by, my, by myself for a very long time. I think I saw that uh, video. Yeah, it's usually when there's more people involved that I struggle to sustain because it's just kind of like <laughs> wham and bam, right? Right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question. I don't know. Like, if it ever came to it, would I attempt it? Maybe. Would I then listen back to it as I'm editing it and think this is the world's worst, cringiest fucking shit that I've ever done and never released it into the ether? Maybe it's happened already. Guess we'll never know. Maybe. I, I just ask because um, I think we talked about it in the past, but obviously Jeff Gersman is now a one-man show. He's taken it on the road. Not literally. <laughs> By the road, I mean Twitch, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting because he calls it a podcast and he releases it as a podcast on Spotify with ads. But yeah, you know, it's been just him on his own talking about video games since the start and i can't tell if i like it or not it's mad man like i i try to listen to some of it and i get it i just think a podcast platform is just not the place for it yeah exactly i, I like I, I think like yeah i don't know man like sometimes when i'm like let me give you the corporate example here jamie but if i'm talking to people in a zoom call at work mm. and you know sometimes you're just like oh it's your turn to talk so you just fucking ramble on but like an update or whatever it is, and you talk for like two, three minutes, and then all of a sudden you realize you, you become self-conscious that you're talking and no one else is kind of responding, and then you kind of like shrivel into yourself like a little penis. Yeah, I, I guess I have a bit of that, um, but I kind of start out as a shriveled penis, which doesn't allow me much room for further shriveling, I guess. Um, I also <laughs> am not, never important enough to talk for that long in Zoom calls <laughs> or Teams calls. I'm usually asked like, hey, have you finished your video yet? Yep. Here it is. Yep. Here it is. Please, sir, can I have some more? Um, well, um, Jamie, you know, believe it or not, we, this is not a biblical podcast. This is not a one-man podcast. It's usually a three-man gaming newscasts pod thing, uh, even though we're a man down, uh, RIP to the woman that Jonesy used to be. Um, but yeah, we cover games here, Jamie. And you know what? Today, today's a big one. It's, 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 it's covering something. And I mean, okay, fine. We're not going to beat around the bush. You would have seen the comments. You would have seen the title. You would have seen the thumbnail. We're talking about GTA 6 leaks, like real legitimate Jeez. shit here. Yeah. And it's been a little bit of a fucking roller coaster. And in a way, a gift to anyone who's interested in gaming. <laughs> and to uh, people and who a, run a podcast. <laughs> and to people who run a podcast. And in another way, uh, not a gift to people trying to <laughs> create and ship a game. Um, but we'll be covering that. We'll be covering the launch of the GT, uh, the RTX, excuse me, the GeForce RTX 40 series lineup that has been revealed with uh, an interesting remaster, although 
no one's calling it a remaster, but it's a fucking remaster. I don't care what you say. Um, as well as a new handheld gaming a console, if you like, and uh, a popular YouTuber who's making some moves, putting himself in places where maybe they shouldn't be. And I'm not talking about Adam Levine. Um, <laughs> topical. Hell yeah. You've I clearly been on Twitter for too long today. Mate, it, it's <laughs> not, not just today, like fucking the past... Two, two, three weeks have been absolutely ridiculous. But we'll get into it in a little bit. First, a little bit of housekeeping, Jamie, if you'll indulge me, because we are a gaming podcast. I just want to reiterate that that sense, even though we do meander a lot and maybe the gaming part of it tends to be 35% of the total runtime. But we are a gaming podcast and we are available on YouTube and podcasting platforms of your choice. I'm talking all major podcasting platforms. I'm talking Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. We have a presence on Twitter. Someone sent me a dick pic, which I'm very happy about. So, uh, did we, but please, I can't on. tell you if we're being serious or not. Did we actually get our first dick pic? Yeah, but like, you know, it's it's obviously someone being like, hey, here's a dick pic. And it, it is a picture of, of Dick Van Dyke. It was a vintage dick. Oh, okay. Not, okay. Was it Dick Van Dyke? Me, I feel, like, I feel like we've had a dick pun before. Like maybe someone called Richard or... I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Th- this is that's the vintage dick, and that look, is, there's your reflection oh, look, in hey, the vintage dick. Double whammy for everyone there. Um, yeah, that, no, that is a vintage dick. Vintage dick. I'm not sure about the color of the skin on that dick. Actually, now that you show me, well, it, it a, might be. Yeah, no, no, it's definitely not right. Although, look at your pasty skin. Look at that. Yeah. Big Whoa. time. Anyway, so that's coming from uh, Bendy Benz. So thank you, Bendy. Really appreciate that one. Uh, I'm looking forward to more dick pics after this. Um, and I'm hoping, Jamie, fingers crossed it's Adam Levine's because I hear I hear he's packing, all right? I hear so, it's, I, hear, I mean, I hear holy fucking fuck. I hear it's hot. I hear it's hot. Holy hot. fucking fuck, I hear it's hot. And do you know what else is fucking hot? The fact that we're on Paisley Radio Thursdays at 10 p.m. Repeated Mondays 10 p.m. If you head on over to paisleyradio.com, you can listen to us in a uh, pseudo live setting i guess I, there's no other way to say it just listen to us here okay so if you're on youtube and you're seeing our beautiful faces watch us and then listen to us on spotify and then after that listen to us on itunes and after that google podcasts after that don't worry about the other ones because like those are the main three <laughs> then you head on over to paisyradio.com on thursdays 10 p.m watch it there and then just to round it all off because i mean you might as well you've gone this far just head on over on monday 10 p.m for the repeat and then rinse and repeat each week baby I mean, what do I do through from like Tuesday on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, actually, after the repeat on Pace? You're not giving me enough options, Chris. It's almost like I need to sign up for the Patreon and start consuming Patreon exclusive content to fill those gaps. Just yeah, an idea. I, I, it, is, it is a good idea because we are kind of like funded by Patreon. The fact that we come week by week is because of Patreon, but we'll get into that in a bit. Jamie, I would like to talk to you about something very important, something very near and dear to my heart. Um. Your lungs. <laughs> <laughs> My aortas. Yeah, very good. Have have a clap. Uh, please, please clap. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I've got a hypothetical for you. Because okay. do you remember when I was like, oh, you know, sometimes you're in the tube and the weather's hot outside and people wear like sandals or flip-flops or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I have a tendency to count toes because I want to make sure that everyone's got their little piggies <laughs> I intact. forgot about that. I, okay. I've, got, I've got another one of those, mate. <laughs> okay, which one's this one? Do you ever find yourself having conversation with people? And especially, it, it, it kind of tends to be people that you kind of know, but you don't know very well, or okay. complete strangers, okay? okay? Where you're talking to them and you notice something about the shape of their face or the, hmm. the 
the, the puzzle pieces, okay? Or maybe it's like the, the, the camber of their teeth or something. And do you ever think to yourself, I wonder what your skull looks like? <laughs> no, 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 I can quite confidently say I've never had that thought. For a second, I thought you were going to go in a slightly more normal direction. I was going to go, yeah, you know, I've thought about, like, you mentioned, you, know, you mentioned teeth. One thing yeah. I have done is I have looked at teeth. I want to say I was, I, you know, benefited greatly from the the wonders of braces. So I'm speaking for a position <laughs> of privilege. But I occasionally yeah. look at people whose teeth are, you know, slightly more disorderly perhaps than mine. And I sure. think to myself, I wonder what it would feel like to have those teeth and to run my tongue along those teeth, not inside their mouth, inside my mouth, ideally. Oh, the skull. come on! You well, you've ruined it now because I was I was ready for some some fanfic. No, 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 no fan feed. Although I was anecdotally feeling someone else's teeth with your tongue is a biz, uh, forever a bizarre experience. Like it feels familiar yet foreign. Ooh, I don't, I, I don't like it, mate. Like, have you ever had it where, like, maybe you you've been you've overindulged a little bit too much in in the alcohol and you've you've gone in for some some f- facial hanky panky. Okay, and your uh, your coordination is maybe not at a, at its prime, and maybe the, the other person who's the target hopefully willingly, um, is also maybe not as coordinated, okay? And uh, you just kind of knock teeth and you hear that like like enamel on enamel sound and it's just such a fucking killer for me. Yeah, it's, I'll be honest, uh, sometimes like depending on how old I am in the story, alcohol need not even be involved for situations <laughs> like that. Although, Chris, I will have to reiterate, as you corrected yourself to point out, you always need to make sure that whenever there's any enamel involved, consent, consent is an absolute must. Otherwise you may end up um, being forced off of Twitch and your friends might get kicked from their organizations. Yeah. Well, look, we, we run a tight ship here where, um, you know, uh, there are no snitches in Super Show, so everyone's safe. No snitches, no insiders either. That's another uh, topical <laughs> pun from the week. There you go. Wee. Yes, of course. But hey, should we, should we get into some, some... Hold on. Before we get into video games, you, you seriously have never looked at the shape of someone's face and thought, like, I wonder what your skull looks like. No, I, you know, I think there's just a, a, a concept, an idea in the back of my mind that most, if not all, skulls fundamentally look very, very similar. And I don't know if See, that's I, true, I, I disagree. but that's just how I'm yeah, I, 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 I fundamentally disagree. I think everyone's skull is so different. And especially you, you look at someone and you're like, and, and I think teeth are, are maybe the main thing that I kind of like triggers it for me because that's, that's effectively part of your skull showing through your skin. I guess so. You know, and, and so I look at them like, there, there's some interesting, not necessarily like bad, but like there's some interesting things going on with, uh, I mean, people probably say it with me, like, you know, but yeah. does that make me, do, does that, like I think about stuff like that and it's completely innocent on my end. It's not like I want to flay people's skins off, but does it make me a bit creepy? I don't think so, no. I think if you, you know, as you, kind of noted there if you were imagining like cutting them open and seeing what their skull looked like kind of patrick bateman style then that might be something you speak about with your therapist you work through it you know you you know you take start taking some steps during your day to try and not have just hold up my therapist's skull and be like so what do you think yeah exactly i'm just imagining you turning into like hannibal lecter and you like cooking someone's brain uh like while they're still alive um but it's you know as long as you stay on this side of the fence when it comes to lectoic behavior i think you're fine It's just a curious. You're just wondering, right? You don't. You don't want to act on your desire to see their skull. Man, I, I am. I am just uh, flexing that. Uh, what's the word? Anthropom. Uh, yeah, I'm just curious. 
Yeah. Army Hammer <laughs> was just curious Words too. fail me. And yeah, you know, like, it worked out wonders for him in his career. Listen, listen, okay, there's pork ribs and they are delicious. And okay. then there are beef ribs and you're like, oh boy, you're stepping up here. And then it's like there's human ribs. And I kind of get it. I'm like, yeah, Army, yeah, maybe there's something to it. Yeah, just a little bit of blood. Never hurt anyone. Just nibble on a bit of a rib bone. Exactly. Don't knock I mean, it till you tried yeah, it, right? I, I, I mean... Wh- Look, exactly. Like, what do you think Marilyn Manson did with the rib that they fucking removed from him so he could suck his own dick? Yeah. He nibbled on it because, of course, he would. With he, his weird looking, with his weird looking skull, Jamie is what yeah. I'm telling you. There he we stuck it in some, in the smoker, whipped out some sweet baby rays, smoked those meats, and uh, uh, the rest <laughs> is history. The rest is history. Well, Jamie, you know what's going down in the history books I mean, is yeah. uh, it's been GTA Five, and now it's going to be GTA Six. It's, it's kind of mad to think that, like, after all of the teasers, release, like, hints, uh, fake leaks, fake news, etc., that we actually have something quite substantial that was posted on a GTA forum uh, that just showed, like, early open-world gameplay footage of GTA 6. And even wilder that, like, the Rockstar have come out saying, like, yep, yeah, that's, that's real. It's yeah. been early in development. Like, fair play to Rockstar for doing that. Like, <laughs> it's probably the... the first like the most timely communication that they've ever fucking done in their lives right exactly but, <laughs> yeah. but like i don't blame them uh but yeah we saw footage of a character walking through a vice city metro uh we've seen uh, female protagonists a male protagonist which kind of like leads on from those leaks of that bonnie and clyde style narrative yeah um yeah it's gonna be interesting like i'll, I'll be honest I, I i saw some of those videos and my initial thought was like, oh, that's GTA 5, you know, which I think oh, right, a lot of people okay. did. But you know what I didn't do? What did Is you do? cause an absolute fucking shitstorm. And I stopped and I thought about it for a second. I was like, it's probably really early in development. I mean, you could see yeah. all the debug fucking codes going on. Like, yeah, fine. I, I was actually surprised at the size of that side of the fallout because, and I don't mean to offend anyone here who might be listening, watching, commenting and so on and so forth. But you really don't have to be a genius to identify that that was ex- extremely early footage of that video game. Um, even, to be honest, when it comes to GTA 6, I'd say even footage that was leaked as of like today, like stuff you could go in and get a, a, a like a build that's recent from like the past yeah. month w- would still be classified as early because I still think this game is like two years away. Yeah. So we're looking yeah. at, you know, builds that were some in some cases two years old from a game that I personally still think is two years away, you know, it's, there's not much that you can glean from it in terms of the quality of the final product. And anyone that tried to do so, that was extremely yeah. wishful thinking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think what, what is interesting, though, is... the Yeah, like, if you look at that footage and you say, this looks worse than GTA Five, do you really think... Like, is there really a part of you that thinks that that is what it's going to look like? Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. e- even if it's like a finished product and it looks worse than GTA Five, like, there's something wrong with you if you believe that. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that so many people did and so many people <laughs> were willing to spread that narrative goes to also reinforce why so much of the response to these leaks from the development community, you know, people who work at studios and publishers around the world, was basically doubling down on saying, hey, this is why we never show you games when they're in development, <laughs> because this is what you motherfuckers do. This is yeah. the shit you say. And I think it was like Alana Pierce put out a tweet about, like, this is the cycle. 
gamers complaining about not seeing enough of games in development. Like we, you know, we just spent the last year with you and me defending God of War Ragnarok and how little they've yeah. shown. And then when games are shown in development and the developers like, this is what it looks like right now, gamers can't handle it. They can't, yeah. you know, you know, separate the reality from the 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 image they had in their head, which is always going to be a ridiculous image anyway. But don't you think it's the like the circumstances around it though? Like if it was GTA saying like, yeah, here's an alpha build of what we're working on, people would be like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. There is room for but that. It, yeah, do you know what I mean? But then there's like, oh, it's a leak, and there's, you know, yeah, a, a, a leak, a leak with no additional information. Like you look at um, a good example of what you're talking about is what Skate are doing at the moment. Which is just like whether right, it's the yeah. play tests or even the footage they're officially releasing, they're like, yeah, of course, this is a game like with like placeholder assets and so on and so forth. But because, yeah. as you mentioned, this was a leak and Rockstar couldn't put out any communication alongside it, they couldn't say this is a build from this year and this is running on a GTX 1080, um, <laughs> and this model has been updated seventeen thousand times since then, and this was when we were testing this mechanic and this is broken because of X, Y, and Z because. You know, 90, 90 individual videos got swiped from under their nose, which is, I mean. I, you know, I would have actually loved that as a response. And one day, like, one of these devs needs to do that. It's like, just create a, like, instead of just putting out a fucking a Twitter text or an Instagram text, do you know what I mean? Like, make a video and be like, yeah, this is what you saw. And here are a couple of later iterations of the, sim of the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and exactly like you said, like, even if it's just like, so, like the fucking creative director or, or a game designer or dev that's on the team that just said they're like shows a bit of the footage and then just mentions like yeah this was a build from i don't know fucking uh 2014 and like you said like we've had 50 iterations on this one asset alone mm. like because that that that's the kind of shit that as a gaming fan like a non-capital g gaming fan okay yeah that I fucking I I love I love shit like that. But, I love to get the the kind of like granular side of it, and I yeah. think that there is value, and I don't think it necessarily harms anything, and I think it might be really decent damage control. However, in order to do something like that, it takes time, and I understand that writing a wall of text is yeah, exactly. a much quicker and robust way of kind of dealing with it. Like there were a lot of pictures and videos this week of from which were like, hey. This is, um, you know, what Horizon looked like at this point in development, and it was when it was so early that they were using uh, kill zone assets, uh, kill, kill zone placeholder, yeah, so he was, yeah, yeah, holding a machine gun against <clears throat> a um, what I forget what the big um, sort of Tyrannosaurus style uh, robot is in 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 Horizon, but it was made out of building blocks. Uh, the, yeah, the the Jabba jaw. Yeah, yeah the, actually, I think you actually. It it does have like a Jabba style word. It's going to annoy me if I if I think about it too long. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like again, we didn't get the kind of the wall of text as you mentioned or the breakdown, but it's still yeah. interesting to see. And it was nice. It was a nice piece of solidarity. Like it was good that yeah. most of the response to this in a professional capacity was like sympathy and solidarity, which I thought yeah. was justified because this sucks. And, and 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 I love it that a lot of people are kind of showing off their early prototyping. Um, yeah, like they. We talk about it a lot of PS. She didn't do it, but there was a God of War developer from uh, the previous God of War game showing off like, hey, this is what the fight with Boulder looked like when we mm. just had like tree assets and character assets and nothing else. And we didn't put any effort into the animation other than he has them just randomly punching each other and flying through an arena is the best way to put it. Um, 
I, it always kind of reminds me of the prototype for Splatoon. So what they, I don't know if you ever saw that. I'm not sure, no. It was literally like, I believe it was just cylinders, like gray cylinders on a slightly lighter gray arena with a few ramps. And they would, but what would happen is they'd still shoot splodges. So like gray cum effectively. And they're just coming yeah. all over the walls and on each other. And mm. it made me hard one side of it, but the other side it was like, that's pretty cool prototyping. So what they did there is they created that prototype before they greenlit the project, if I'm re remembering correctly. Right. And it was like, they created this prototype, they played it, they were like, this is fucking fun for this stupid thing. Let's, let's yeah. fucking go full hog. Like, yeah, it's like we always say, find the fun. And like, like those rectangles don't need to be squid kids and those ramps don't need to have textures on them for you to know if you're onto something. Um, yeah. And clearly with Splatoon, they were. Thunderjaw, by the way. Um, that's the big yeah, T-Rex I, I prefer mine. You know, no, you, so, yours is better. I, you know, I think a Java jaw. Imagine, uh, fucking instead of Aloy, it was Mister T, and that was a Java jaw. The Java jaw. I ain't getting no no Java jaw. <laughs> I think if anyone from Gorilla is watching or listening, I, I think they've got two potential employees in their midst right here. It, Sorry, exactly. Jonesy, we're, we're moving to <laughs> Holland. <laughs> See you later, fucker. I tell you what, like I haven't even played a fucking Horizon game, but I keep on seeing that tall neck Lego kit, and I'm like, mm. I want that. Yeah, uh, that would be cool. cool. Yeah, the tall neck is a really neat design. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's based off. I'm not that. I'm. I'm going to say the name wrong if I say the name of the dinosaur. The a one giraffe. Yeah, the exactly the giraffe, the, the, the giraffosaurus. Um, yeah, the giraffosaurus. I like it's it. a really cool design. <laughs> yeah, it's it's cool then. But anyway, look ba back to the leap, uh, Jamie. So, um, the person who got got in and got out who fucking mission impossible impossible the fucking data and assets also stole the source code for GTA 5 and up to that point where they stole stuff was GTA 6 mm -hmm. so um his idea was hoping to negotiate a deal with Rockstar he was threatening the release of this i am i wrong in saying that like he did manage to sell the source code to GTA so, 5 some someone bought it i believe that was the a real transaction but that yeah. the person like who, five, for 5 bitcoin or something 5 bitcoin about $100,000 but the the person who bought it got scammed so basically someone bought the GTA 5 source code in inverted commas for $100,000 but this the leaker um who i think it's like Tipo Tuba hacker the no the Tipo sure. Tipo Tipo Uber hacker because they also did the hack on Uber, and Uber are now working with Rockstar and the FBI. It's a whole thing. Um, but, um, yeah, they came out and was like, yeah, that that wasn't us who got that money. We haven't sold this thing yet. So someone somewhere has lost $100,000. Um, but it also... Well, you say $100,000, but actually they lost five, yeah, like $80,000. 80, yeah, but, actually it's like actually $50,000. Okay, it's $10,000. It's changing all the time. But, exactly. it, but it's also like another weird reminder of just like, how quickly someone will part with theoretically six-figure fees. Or don't get me wrong, GTA 5 source code would be a big deal, but like with no proof, no evidence of like who they were talking to, how they were get, how it was going to get delivered to them, they just fucking wired it. Um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. It, look, it is interesting, but at the same time, like I don't know, like why would you want? I, I guess for GTA Online and whatever you could do with that, but. Why would you want the source code to GTA 5? You know what? I, I'm not really in a great position to answer that. I know it's a big deal. Like, I remember when um, uh, CD Projekt Red had their yeah. kind of um, privacy issues and their hacking issues, and which three source code was at risk there. 
then again, it was a big deal. Um, but again, I mean, I'm, I get I'm not like, 100% sure why. Yeah, I, I get like there might be, you know, with the proprietary engines and stuff, but yeah, I just, I just don't get yeah. it. I mean, that that's just me and my ignorance, to be fair. Um, but yeah, like stuff like this is just so odd. It's, like, it's almost like, what's your end game? Are you, are you doing it for clout, but you can't have clout because you need to remain anonymous because the fucking FBI are going to get involved? Mm -hmm. Are you doing it because you are trying to make a profit i'm fine fair enough like there's you know there's worse ways of trying to earn money i guess it's also better ways just saying get a fucking job <laughs> a lot of you, lose, you, lose, you lose that um but yeah it's just kind of kind of crazy so it, look in a statement published on a social channel rockstar said it was extremely disappointed to have details in the game shared in this way understandably mm -hmm. that's not how they want to do it especially if i think back to like uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 and the lead up to all of that where it was like, hey, here's a fucking, here's a screenshot and we've changed our thing. Like, that was yeah. nice to get caught up in that hype. And it, I mean, Red Dead Redemption also had its fucking leaks from that Russian leaker somehow yes. where, where, yeah. the, where we got our first quote unquote taste for um, horse testicles in the snow. Yes. You know? I chose taste. my words correct. Uh, yeah, I chose my words correctly. Then. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with it. But yeah, it's just it's just a bit sad. Like, yeah, GTA Six is almost like it's an inevitability, but it is almost at the same time the holy grail of gaming. If you consider of how massive oh, totally. GTA Five and GTA Online is, totally. Like you mentioned, it's an inevitability, and yeah, I, I've always been on the camp. I think I've said it on this podcast before. Of they've confirmed it's in, it exists. They've confirmed it's in development. We know it's going to happen at some point. You know, where's the fun in trying to rush that process? We could just sit and be patient and play all the other great games that come out in the meantime. But it's the it's the holy grail thing you mentioned there that is what stunned me. Like during the day when this news was rolling out, for example, when I just couldn't take my eyes off all the updates as people were figuring out <laughs> if stuff was real and sharing videos and so on and so forth. Because I always used to describe GTA 6. Um, and again, I think I'd probably said this in the podcast before because I am prone to repeating myself. Um it, for me, it always was the game that had the largest disparity between the hype and the size and the significance of the game and the amount of information that we would ever get about it. And to, even as you know, the promotional cycle warmed up, like you said with Red Dead, uh, Rockstar do breadcrumb trails. Like they will go yeah. very slowly. They will, you know, announce a game sometimes a year to eighteen months before its release, often down to um, delays. Don't get me wrong, but still, they never like rush. They never go overboard. It's like every trailer feels like a a choice every screenshot feels like a choice every social media update feels like a choice um and so but that to be taken out of their hands is is um it, it's something i'm honestly still trying to wrap my head around like i'm trying to wrap my head around that i have seen you know the first iterations and the first glimpses of what will you know undoubtedly at the time of release be the biggest and most anticipated game of all time because it's the yeah. sequel to one of the highest selling games of all time and like not one of the yeah there are semantics i guess depending on how you feel about tetris and how and how how many fingers you've got to count with um but um yeah like it and it's so it's startling in that sense and i'm almost stuck in two minds one of which is it was really interesting to look through those videos and read between the lines on what we talked about earlier when it comes to the early development stuff and what is referendum edges what is early and instead look past that and say okay what ideas are they flirting with here what direction are they looking to take this gta game in because that's what's interesting as a fan um and it, but then playing that side of it against the fact that 
yeah, like it, it's a bummer. And I didn't, there's a part of me that like, if I could go back and like scrub my eyes and not have seen any of this or make it not happen, I might take that. Um, I might take, take that, that option. Pill. Yeah. Because take that blue, like blue I, pill, other yeah. than getting like, like nice tidbits of information, like I said about mechanics that they've ex- clearly experimented with or um, confirmation on, as you mentioned, protagonists and story beats and ideas and themes. Um, I don't know that I got anything that I really wanted out of this. Like yeah. 90 videos later, what? I still feel a bit hollow. <laughs> You watched all ninety, did you? I mean, uh, technically, yes. I, I I watched a lot of it by virtue of someone um, joining them all together and made like a half an hour plus long uh, supercut, I guess, of everything. And then you watch it at two times speed, and it's only fifteen minutes. I don't know long, if I baby. did watch it in two times speed. I was liberal with like skipping through because there were sometimes bits yeah. where like this is five minutes of them testing cop AI by having him walk back and forth along a short wall, um, <laughs> and I and I get it, but it's not. Well, they need so, to see. there's a few things I want to unpack and, and ask mm-hmm. you before we kind of like wrap up on it. But so, what, what you said experimenting with some of the mechanics, what 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 kind of like stuck out to you in terms of some of that stuff? Because I think, like I, I'm I'm not a big Rockstar fan, mm-hmm. and, and like I'm not a GTA fan. I'm not into it. So, like I look at some of that stuff and I'm like I can't discern the. I can't see the the thing behind the thing. If that makes sense. Sure. Do you know what? It, it, it's it's an interesting one because what I think is it provided us with a lot of information about how they're going to take GTA Six up to the the level, for want of a better way of putting it, of Red Dead Redemption Two, and how they're going yeah. to kind of align those two products a little bit more. But it didn't give us much information on how GTA Six might go beyond, say, Red Dead Redemption Two. So, for example, mm. it seems clear that there's going to be some kind of interaction system similar to Red Dead, so while, you know, Arthur Morgan could walk around antagonizing people and or just say on top of the morning and blow, you know, GTA 6 seems like it's going to have some version of that, which will allow players, you know, some ability to either when free roaming or probably in the context of missions as well, kind of like control situations or social dynamics a little bit. Um, sort of like, more, like as you sort of expect, sort of like slightly more traversal, traversal and uh, gameplay mechanics in terms of like, like the drive-by systems looks like the, like they've been completely reworked when it comes to shooting out of certain vehicles. Um, like the, the, the dynamics of firing in terms of like being able to crouch and being able to go prone and taking cover behind certain objects. A lot of that stuff um, seems like it's been you know updated and modernized and made a little bit more fluid and a little bit more flexible, which might uh, you know address some of the um, the disdain for recent Rockstar products in terms of it's sort of like slightly awkward. I think Jonesy likes to use the word janky. Um, yeah. Uh, Although to his admission, he's like janky, but doesn't mean janky. But yes, it, exactly. In the absence of any other kind of descriptor, like yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Like for me, it's the clunkiness. I guess. Like yeah, it, it's almost a good word like for it. yeah. It's not janky. It's just a little bit clunky at times, and at other times, kind of. So you know, what playing Red Dead felt like to me. It felt like. It felt like the really highly honed game version of rubber banding effect when you're playing online games oh right okay yeah i know what you mean do you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. you're walking around and it's also smooth and then you go and open up a drawer and like there's almost some snapping going on but the animation of that snapping is so fluid and it's always like it's it's just it's just, i yeah. never got used to it, it it's, whatever i try i just gotta get used to it oh okay. yeah i think it would be in their best interest to kind of uh, try and adjust that or try and sort of like 
maneuver around that a little bit because it did rub a lot of people up the wrong way in regular Dimension 2. There's <clears> something <throat> about letting go of the left analog stick and it taking a character like more than a second to stop their <laughs> locomotion pisses a lot of people off. And I get it. <laughs> I can work my head, like wrap my head around it and work around it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, going, like a lot of the other stuff I saw were like tweaks in like in terms of it looked like it might be going in a more Red Dead Redemption 2 inspired direction in terms of the amount of weapons you can hold at once. Like maybe more of like a two primaries kind of on your back, secondaries on your hip kind of thing. It looked like yeah. there were like other inventory slots for more like quick use items. It looks like um, like cigarettes were there for some reason in one uh, screen, uh, one video. It looks like there might be like health items. So you might need to, again, Red Dead style, uh, whether it's like dynamic health restoration over time and in combination with um, taking yeah. healing items, I don't know. Things where like characters have got duffel bags on and are, are packing in bags. Of like I wouldn't be surprised given the Bonnie and Clyde element you talked about earlier if they put a lot of emphasis on more bespoke um, a robbery heist. kind of yeah, yeah. heist mechanics. We saw obviously a, a restaurant or a diner being robbed by both protagonists at the same time. Seemed like it was in the context of the mission, a mission by the way the dialogue worked. But yeah, Rockstar, sure. since, ever since the, um, the, that one mission in GTA 4 that was basically straight out of heat, um, Rockstar have been perpetually in love with the act of uh, with, with bank heists or just robberies of any kind. So <laughs> yeah. I fully expect them to be present here. Yeah. So let me ask you, GTA 5, right? So obviously you could change through your three different uh, protagonists. Mm. But when, when you were changing between, could you change on the fly or did you have to kind of go with the story? You could change on the fly. Certain characters would be out of action as a result of the story. So if there was yeah. a point at which, you, like early on in the game, you won't have met Trevor yet. Trevor is introduced to the story like an hour or two in. So you can't change yeah. to Trevor then. And for, I don't remember exactly, but there may well have been missions where if it made sense, like someone is unavailable between a mission and another mission. But generally yeah, sure. speaking, it was pretty fluid. Um, the game had a kind of a really cool system when it came to determining where certain characters would be and what they would be in the middle of doing when you jumped over to them. Um, and also, like, you could get to a point where those other characters, even when you weren't controlling them, were present within the open world. Like, you could call them up and they would drive over to you and you'd be like, yeah. that's Trevor, like, walking around. And and if you were doing a heist with, with them, yeah. um, the, presumably the AI would just kind of take over. Yes. Um, what, what the, the reason that... I know it sounds like really fucking base level questioning here, but I guess what I'm trying to drill down to is understanding what the baseline of GTA 5 is and trying to understand where the improvements could come in GTA 6. Because mm. when when I hear that there's only going to be two protagonists, potentially, okay, then it's almost like a step back. And, and, and that's fine. Like you don't want to have like a fucking cast of like six people that you can constantly juggling through and, and you start to care less about them as a result. Like, makes sense to you just scale it down to two people. But I think for me, from the stuff that I was watching there, I was like, actually, you know what? That could be the place that they really fucking innovate in terms of jumping between the characters, especially with the power of the SSDs, et cetera, and just being instantaneous mm -hmm. in yep, inhabiting yep. another body at another time in another space. Um, but I was wondering if there's like, wh what do you think of some kind of a system because let's say in, in that example of pulling off a heist in that like coffee shop or whatever it was the diner and both characters are present mm -hmm. and obviously you can they're in the same room but you could flip between them that's all fine but what about like issuing commands from the one to the other that yeah. might be like a nice dynamic element that they could really fucking sink their teeth into 
that would be nice because then again it would put more control back in the hands of the the player which is something like gta 5 was quite good at splitting up what the characters were doing so you could experience different perspectives but never let you sort of like alter that it was kind of like each three each of the characters were doing their own thing and you could experience each of those perspectives but you couldn't say franklin go and do this per se so yeah which presumably should be different in this if it's two like lovers let's say and they're doing heists together and, and like their story is so intertwined rather than yeah. like diverging paths which which will be interesting because again traditionally with rockstar when you look at their trajectory from game to game one of the things you see a lot of is an idea that sort of starts as a like you know a small implemented thing in one game and has blown out to a bigger deal mm. in another game sometimes going as far as like a small thing in one game is like the entire usp of another game and so on with GTA Five, like obviously switching around when you're in the open world, when you're free roaming is fun because you can like almost role play as different characters and they have different voice lines and you know and so on and so forth. But what I felt like they really wanted to do with GTA Five was if we have three characters doing like one sort of like mission, let's say at the same time, then all three of them can do different things. That means the player can do three different things, and the traditional kind of you know, rigmarole of drive from point A to point B, shoot people, drive back, gets yeah. loot like, and so there was one particular mission in GTA Five that felt like their kind of, you know, their piece de resistance in terms of this is why we're doing it, and it was like you would control Trevor to fly a helicopter to a building, then you would control, I think it was like Franklin to go like down a like to be firing from the helicopter, and someone else was inside this building, and when it does it in the mission, and you flick uh, between characters it doesn't do the zooming out thing. It just really quickly goes over to them. And so it was like, in one mission, you're doing the flying, you're doing the zip repelling, you're doing yeah. the like the shooting. <clears throat> you're th- and it was like, we can use this as a way to skip the boring parts of our mission design by switching you to the person who's in the action. But when you set yeah. two people, and two people who might, for st- excuse me, for story reasons, always be fairly close together or doing similar things as they were in that diner, that idea somewhat gets diminished. And so I'll be very interested interested to see if they've come up with new hooks or justifications for that inclusion of that system, or if it's like this is the GTA kind of trademark now. Yeah. Can I blow your mind? Yes. GTA Six is not GTA Six. Mm. It's actually it's actually the the next Army of Two game developed by Rockstar. I would play an Army of Two game developed by Rockstar. Salem. You will in five years' time. Salem and Rios inside a inside a cafeteria, just Salem going full aggro. I'm all over it. <laughs> yeah, it could be cool, but yeah, like, and I and I guess that goes to a wider discussion or, or a wider question for you because there's some discussion because I I'm not really into it, man. But I, I know our audience potentially would be because that's what the thumbnail is. <laughs> you, you either click on the video for us or you click on it for the topic, and if mm. you clicked on for the topic. I, I can only apologize. Um, but what, like uh, for you, obviously this must be like one of your all-time most ante- anticipated games. Undoubtedly. What what are you hoping to see in terms of iteration? Obviously like, okay, you expect the graphics to be in order of magnitude better than mm. what they were in GTA 5. Fine, fair, you know? But beyond like any graphical kind of stuff like systems or story beats or something like that, what, yeah. what would you... What would tick all the boxes for you? Do you know what? Like, I'm going to give a real cop out answer and a, a, a kind of like a, like almost a bit of a, like a 
like a fanboy answering, I guess, which is I just want Rockstar to do what they I feel like they have consistently done with most table of their tennis, major franchises. Yeah. Exactly. I want this yeah. to be exclusively a table. I want this to be Rockstar presents GTA 6 as table tennis, and I want that bald guy who is in all the screenshots to come back um, and we'll be having a ball. Set it for Hell £20 yeah, pounds again, and, you know, I think you've got a winner. No, like <laughs> What I mean to say is that I think they have, like, Red Dead Redemption 2, one of the things that really impressed me about it was that it went places I didn't really expect it to go when it came to how they tried to put their own spin on what an open world game could look like back in 2018. One of the observations I made earlier this year when I was playing Ghostwire Tokyo, and not to slag off Ghostwire, but it was just the game that made me realize it, is that the funny thing is open world games are still a dime a dozen, and most of them still aren't as good as Red Dead Redemption 2, or at least don't do as much as Red Dead 2 did. And so there is still something inherently fascinating to me, and this isn't me giving Rockstar an out, but about a GTA game. So like like you said, with graphics that have been updated and modernized to the extent to which we expect uh, based on the release date, the release year, uh, but a GTA game that carries over some of those Red Dead-style philosophies about the way NPCs work and the way they're routine and the ways that you can interact with them and the amount of dynamic events that can occur, I think just applying all of those sensibilities to an urban, a large urban environment and making something like a modern urban environment that feels as living and breathing as Red Dead Redemption 2's comparatively more sparse and old-fashioned environment did, um, I think in itself would be a pretty remarkable technical achievement and the kind of thing that, again, Saints Row just proved still so few people can do in a meaningful way, um, regardless of their... But, you know, regardless of their you know, their their expertise and their experience yeah. and so on. But to be fair, okay, in terms of some of the modern open world games, like you said, they're a dime a dozen, but they're also made by smaller teams with smaller budgets in a shorter amount of time than, say, what a GTA sure, 5 or sure. GTA 6 would be. So, uh, like, like, if you think about the but, most but, recent uh, good open world games that weren't made by Rockstar, you're talking about, like, Breath of the Wild, talking about Elden Ring, you know, yeah, which and, again yeah. would have had massive budgets. And, oh, and... Oh. yeah, oh, sorry, sorry I, I, I want to say like that comes from less um, of a place of wanting to slag off Saints Row or Ghostwire, and more of a <laughs> place of reminding, having to remind myself that Rockstar are still, again, because of the resources they've got that you just mentioned, yeah. are still the creme de la creme, and they can, <clears throat> I think, to a certain extent, with again, without sounding like I'm giving them a cop out, I think to a certain extent they can pull off another mad, the same magic trick again. And I think if they do it in a GTA context, part of me feels like it will be just as uh, exciting and astounding as it was the first time, even though that's not traditionally how magic works. Um, <laughs> okay, and- but do you, do you think, because obviously it is now a very different environment within Rockstar in terms of the people who many would have considered made Rockstar what... They are, mm-hmm. and they're gone. Yeah. So, are are you are you are you still hopeful for the best? Like, obviously, budget is one thing, and skill and talent, undeniably, or yeah. you, you know, like it's not one person that makes a fucking game incredible, unless you're fucking Shigeru Miyamoto or something. But right, you know, like you know, the houses, Menzies. Yeah. No. Yeah. Like. You're right. Maybe subconsciously, the other reason I'm giving GTA 6 so much leeway in terms of what it would have to do for me to be happy um, and how that might look like I'm not asking a lot of it is because there is this subconscious acknowledgement that Rockstar has changed. The, you know, the, the lineup of individuals, at least at the top of the company, like you said, 
has changed. The way they work has changed, if we're to believe yeah. everything we read. And also, um, a lot of people have been concerned over recent years that their priorities have changed. We can't pretend that this isn't the first GTA game post-GTA Online, which is, I'm sure, com- in some corners of that company, completely revolutionized the way they think about content and the way they prioritize the content they want to make and the platforms they want to make going forward. And so yeah. I, that's the other thing. that's like There have been so many times in recent years that people have come out and tried to start stu- stupid like rumors or, or or fear-mongering that like GTA 6 won't have a fully-fledged campaign or that Rockstar will never put the same you know effort or ambition into a single-player component to a game ever again and that GTA Online has ruined everything. Even it just like uh, uh, like the the mere fact of like the mere possibility of a GTA Six that puts those rumors at rest and Rockstar can come out and say like no this is a big fully fledged ambitious single player you know component to the game that uh, is arriving first and foremost would be um, really nice for me and I the other yeah, thing yeah. I want to touch on because you kind of uh, uh, reminded me there just talking about the lack of the houses and and obviously uh, not exclusively <laughs> but. Um, the houses were responsible for a lot of the story and writing elements yeah. in recent GTA games, um, recent Rockstar games in general. And we've talked about in the past at length about what can GTA satirize or poke fun at now? You know, the, the real world environment we all live in, the real world political environment we're all um, living under. Um, like, what is there left? Um, and I, that's the other thing I guess I hope, is I hope that they can either A, find interesting answers to those questions, or B, if they are going to go in a direction where actually GTA is perhaps slightly less comedic, slightly less satirical, um, that they do what they did so well with Red Dead Redemption 2, which was characters, 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 characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I you know, I don't know enough about this weird hillbilly guy and his Latina friend, but um, if, I, I hope they pull them off. I And I'm also really looking forward to seeing what a, um, you know, a, well, let's call it 2024, 2025 next gen version of Vice City looks like. <laughs> That's also incredibly exciting in its own right. So, yes, yeah, yeah, that'd a lot be, to be positive about. Yeah. And I think, like, if they have a working metro system, then they're already one up on, on Cyberpunk. So, fair enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes, right. I, I, I kind of feel for me that, like, at least from like the story beats and the jokes and the gags and the satire in um, GTA as a series and as a whole, has very much been kind of straddling that line. And I wonder if it's the houses that were the straddle. And if the houses are now gone, then that, you know, it's almost like you're, you know, when you go bowling and they've got those like lane guides. Yeah, yeah, like the barriers. And and that's one house, that's another house, the fucking houses are gone. Do we just get in the gutter by them? Like, I don't know. Because like, there's a difference, right? Like, if you talk about how they do things in Red Dead Redemption 2. It's like, it's so far removed from like what we are living to now that it's almost like it can't be on the nose and it can't be on the nose and mm-hmm. it can't rub people up like in, in a weird way. But I think like you're talking about like modern day and you're talking about like, let's just say politically, whatever's happening in the States, like they, they've got to be so careful, I feel. like Yeah, yeah. To, sure. to make sure that they're not on the wrong side of it because then all of a sudden you, you not that it ever would get that way because I don't think it could, get that bad but you don't want to get into this kind of thinking you're better than your audience in a way and mm-hmm. maybe or, or or getting into this like saints row reboot kind of style of like i mean i hesitate to say wokeness because that just kind of 
is the but no, like, game no. style stuff. But, that, but. That, that's the funny thing about like <clears> what <throat> so many people um, often miss about GTA is if you w- yeah. break down the GTA games, what they have to say, what their characters are like, their again their politics for want of a better way of putting it. Um, like people talk about Saints Row being woke, like GTA games are kind of woke. Like if you think yeah. about it, like they are weirdly progressive and that like. That there's politically there's nothing right leaning about GTA games like <laughs> yeah, if yeah. You, they don't like that shit and like unsurprisingly predominantly being written by you know two uh, British guys like that so there is this weird thing where like I'm sure there are lots of like right leaning individuals out there who kind of feel like GTA is their cooling card and Saints Row is woke bullshit because it you know might have a but like, hey, you know, we we had the we had a black. The, the DNA is we, closer. Yeah, the DNA is closer than you think. <laughs> exactly. Like, and if you go and look at like who or what um, GTA games regularly take the piss out of, whether politically or otherwise, you'll find that you know if you are that way inclined, you're more often in the crosshairs that you might believe, and that GTA is a series and Rockstar as a company are just as woke as Volition has ever been. Um, and, and prior to the release of Rebooted Saints Row, Rockstar were probably more woke than Volition ever were. Um, but there you go. But yeah, you know, so people don't people can't like separate the two. It's like, well, if I've got a gun and I'm shooting pedestrians, then it can't be woke. But it's like that's yeah, neither here nor there. Yeah. All right, fine. And then the final thing to kind of like wrap up the the GTA saga, like where do you think Rockstar go from here? Do you think they go back to their silence? Do you think they? maybe start to communicate just a little bit more do you think maybe more leaks on the horizon obviously if you have a security breach i i would imagine for any company the first thing you do is say how did they get in how do we plug that hole and how do we make sure that that never happens again like a lot of people were saying like hey you might be celebrating that like gta 6 footage has finally been released but a lot of people i think like jason try a lot of like other um commentators in the in the in the gaming space are like, hey, this is a bad thing. This is going to delay, this is going to add delays, this is going to scrutinize all of their work practices. It's going to make things very difficult for the devs. You know, like, what happens from here on out, do you reckon? I mean, I think that last part is true. And I can vouch for that by saying, I I can't divulge too much information, obviously, but you and I both know that I, I work within the gaming space, let's call it as well. My week was different because of what happened. Yeah, like things I, I had to. I had to do things this week. I got emails I wouldn't have got. I had to do things I wouldn't have had to do as a result. So, Jamie, yeah, Jamie, where did the bad man touch you? I, I again, Chris, I, I signed an, I signed a lot of <laughs> contract. No, I'm joking. Um, yeah. a, a royal NDA. Ex- exactly. Yeah, I've got. I got paid <laughs> a lot of money not to answer that question. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like. Th- 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 Things within Rockstar will be undoubtedly be hugely different um, in the short term um, and the way they yeah. work. You've got to hope that there's no long term ramifications. I think Jason Schreier points out, like, I hope this doesn't put more blockades in terms of like the people's ability to work from home and and things like that. Like that would yeah. kind of suck. We'll see. Um, so I, as for leaks in the future, like you can never say never, right? Like there's always going to be loopholes. There's always going to be that. You know that small vent in the Death Star. Like no matter how hard you try, there's there's a there's a there's a loophole. There's a weakness. Um, so again, we just have to kind of hope for the best. Um, as for Rockstar, will do, what Rockstar will do. My my guess. I don't know if you feel the same way as I. I think silence. I think they go back to making this game, and we don't hear from them in any significant way. Certainly not about this project 
until there's something more or less ready to show, like the promotional cycle starts. That's my feeling. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, and I find I, honestly, I find it fascinating when you think of a company such as Rockstar, so big, etc. That like, I mean, fuck it. We, you guys were talking about it the last week. We mentioned it the week before of like how Ubisoft is the leakiest fucking ship in yeah. on the planet, and yet you've got Rockstar, who's probably like just as big of, uh, in, in terms of numbers as them. And it's like, you don't really hear it or see anything. No, right. Like, the funny thing is, is this was a big technical leak, but it doesn't overlook the most interesting thing about Rockstar, which seems to happen to every other, which is like, there still hasn't been a single employee who's just come out and been like, yeah, here's all this information. Obviously, some people chatter, like Jason Schreier and Bloomberg, who first reported on the location, the two protagonists, yeah, the team, yeah. like, they, they have sources. But, um, yeah, and it'll always be like, oh, yeah, this tracks with what we've heard. Yes, exactly. You know? yeah. Like, we, we, I don't know if you remember this, but we at one point technically had a Rockstar contact. It was a friend of a friend who yes, worked at yeah. Rockstar who leaked stuff to us about Red Dead Redemption 2. And I, and I, full transparency, I discarded it because I didn't think it could be true. And it was. Um, <laughs> it was, they gave us three pieces of information. Two of them sounded like completely normal educated guesses. And one of them sounded like bullshit. So I yeah. disregarded it. Um, yeah. But yeah, that shit can happen. It's just weird that it doesn't happen more often. Oh, man. You, you, you're making me sad for the glory days now. Well, yeah. It's like, the, the, the fucking we, ATG supremacy. Yeah, we wonder why it all went wrong. Because I'm sat here with someone who like worked at Rockstar who's willing to give us information. I was like, yeah, you're lying. Yeah, fuck you. you. Get, fuck get you. out of here. Not interested. <laughs> you scumbag. You're talking shit. You liar. For anyone wondering, the part, the thing that they leaked to us that I thought was so untrue that I like didn't engage any further was that the entire map from Red Dead Redemption was remade in Red Dead Redemption 2 and was a part of the Red Dead Redemption 2 map, but you couldn't travel there for the entire story for story reasons. And I got told that months, like probably, not maybe not quite a year before the game came out, but like... Uh, a while before the game came out, and I was like, that's just the, the least true thing I've ever heard. <laughs> they remade the Red Dead Redemption 1 map for no yeah. reason, and then well, made it, like it was an almost like wanted level if you went there. Yeah, that's yeah, not true. Because it, it was almost like, why would they ever do that? There's why no, would they do that? Yeah. Yeah, there's no reason for them to do that. Well, turns out there was a reason for them they to did do that. They did that. So. I, I, to be honest, I still don't really know the reason they did that. Like, you go there a couple of times, very briefly. Why, Jamie, why did man go to the moon? I, I, I don't know. Uh, what, we can. What, no, we can't. Clearly not. We, yeah, used to, we, used to be, we used to be able to. <laughs> 60 years ago, we were great. No, you don't understand, Jamie. That module of the simulation has been shut down. So. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Now it all makes sense. All makes sense, man. Ah, but yeah, like, it, it, it's like, I, I love shit like this. Like, I know it's really damaging to the devs, etc. but I fucking, I, I, I live for the discussion around it. Because sure. I just find it endlessly fascinating, both good and bad. Um, you know, what that says about me, I don't know. I'm a fucking scumbag. So, you know, taking glee and all of this, but I don't think it I love, you're a I love it, man. You're just an oh, onlooker. Yeah. You're an observer. You're a voyeur, Chris. A you're voyeur. a nightcrawler. Nightcrawler. Well, some some might say that uh another name for voyeur, Jamie, is a patron. That's right. It's that time of the podcast when I'm talking about the Patreons, baby, and their voyeurs. Because if you are a Patreon supporter, you get access to some behind-the-scenes videos, some Patreon-exclusive 
podcasts. Uh, we had a let's play of the quarry, which we desperately need to get back to. And we desperately need to get back to making some more um, Patreon exclusive content, which we will be doing soon. Uh, but yeah, for as little as $2, you can support the show. Keep us coming week in, week out. We've only ever missed one week in the near three years that we've been doing this, which is still fucking incredible to my mind. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can head on over and help the Super Dream... Super Dream? The Super Show Dream stay alive no, it, by it, heading it, over... It is a Super it's Dream. It's a Super Dream. It's yeah. a Super Dream. That's going to be the, the, the rebranding once we hit a particular threshold. But yes, head on over to patreon.com forward slash super show and show your support much like these lovely people whose names you can see on screen right now and jamie would it interest you to know that i have some names to read out as they appear on the screen it would aaron cameron athletic gravy bill caesar brimstone cole k crow's perch i snort rock salt jesper camdahl nielsen leo merger mindful pig mr anthropic nathan pierce pastors guild and then, of course, I'm talking about the big boys. The boys that bring all the milkshakes to the yard. That's right. <laughs> the milkshakes that bring the boys. I the, want, no, the, those are the people I want to meet. The boys that bring <laughs> the milkshakes. I want the boys that bring the milkshakes too. Yeah. Although maybe they should be, shouldn't be boys and should be like men because, I, you know. Boys to, the boys to men that bring the milkshakes to the yard. The, boy, the boys to men for milkshakes. There we go. I like it. And I am, of course, talking about Brett Z, a.k.a. Shellshock, Doppler, Geometric Potter, Hacksaw Book Reed, Manuel Guerrero, and the one and only Peaswad. I it, it still blows my mind that people support us in the way that they do, whether it's through the Patreon or it's watching our content or leaving comments or leaving likes, uh, sending us one lone dick pic on our Twitter. Um, I, it still blows my mind. And I'm for three years, I've been grateful. I'm, I'll join you on that uh, on that platform, Chris. I'm extremely grateful. So thank you so much to all of the patrons and everyone who keeps continuing to support us in any way. Um, it's the oh, reason yeah. we're still here. So thank you. <laughs> the reason we're still bothering to do what we do by uh, inexplicably just kind of like not talking about games and then talking about games and then talking about coming. But I mean, like it's a thing. I think we've we've done all right thus far this this particular podcast. But if you want to kind of, you know, take a bit of a, a tangent, go into a coming direction, I'll, I'll follow you there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, as we do some uh, double breaststroke, let's go to comments of the week, then, shall we? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. Is it perhaps so this one? Uh, uh, Is it come no. adjacent? It's it's not even come adjacent. Uh, Nah, uh, this is coming in from Low Point Fair, another great pod for Loz Totka. That's a Legend of Zelda, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. So good to jump in there first with the abbreviation before anyone else. Uh, I like it. There's rumors that say it's going to be dark like Majora's Mask, which is where most of the hype is for me. Hope Chris's back gets better soon because guess what, fellas? I almost broke my back last weekend, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a, in a catch up. <laughs> I shouldn't have. Laughed. I wasn't. I was clarifying. I wasn't <laughs> laughing at you almost breaking your back. Yeah. Yes, you were. No, I wasn't. Okay. Fine. Uh, but yeah, like I think the Majora's Mask um, comparison for Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom, not Tears of the Kingdom, Tears mm. of the Kingdom. Um, I think it's an apt one because obviously that that's kind of while Zelda has had sequels, like direct sequels, like Zelda and. Zelda 2, as an example. Um, 
there's never really been that thing. The thing that kind of stands out to people is um, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask as being the kind of the killer duo, right? Like two fucking amazing games back to back. And we're talking about Breath of the Wild is like one of the best games ever made. Like there's a lot of potential here. And the reason why I chose this comment in particular was because you guys spoke about Legends of Zelda Tears of the the Kingdom. Let's get used to that. I just want to call it Breath of the Wild too. Is that so wrong of me? Uh, it's not the wrong of you, you know, which is we're in the adjustment period. You can get away with both yeah. for like the next, I'd say three weeks and then you got to move on. Yeah, then you got to move on. Yeah, you got a time marches on, you got to progress. Exactly. Um, but yeah, like you guys spoke about it, but I, I feel like you didn't spend much time on it. I mean, it was towards the end of a very long podcast for you guys. I'm sure you must have been kind of like uh, dying to finish the podcast at that point. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, I don't know, man. I th- First of all, thank you for like relaying my my thoughts on it. Uh, via the messaging that I gave to you beforehand. That's all right. Yeah. No. Um, oh, yeah, well, you know, like, I was curious because well, I was as curious as I'm sure uh, Joel was about. You know, you're a big Breath of the Wild guy. This is a I'm significant a, game. Man, it, it it's so significant that it makes me want to go and actually just finish that game because I never. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that too. You know, uh, but not because I couldn't finish it, but because it, it's a strange thing. I didn't want it to end, so I didn't finish it. But then because I didn't want to finish it, I stopped playing it, in which case it ended. It's a very strange thing, and I am a strange individual. I do understand this. There's no logic to it. There's no rhyme or reason, but it did happen. Uh, but yeah, I would like to go back to it and and kind of like just finish it up. So I've got until uh, Tears of the Kingdom comes out. So, you know, fair enough. Yeah. But I think... I think you you nailed it in the, in the last podcast when you were like, what can they do to make this special? Because right. if it's just more Breath of the Wild, that's fine. But that doesn't... I don't know how to kind of explain it right. It doesn't it's justify like, its existence in its own right, right? Like, yeah, in a way. Like, if you, like, Breath, like, Breath of the Wild is still an amazing game, even if you've covered out, like, every single square inch of it. You can still go back and find enjoyment i truly believe that because it's such a dynamic system that and everything about it is so vibrant and it's it's not necessarily story-led so it's just whatever you want to make it whereas this does seem to be a lot more kind of story focused again i worry and i've I've been on the record before saying like i don't necessarily like the zelda-ness of zelda and what i really resonates with breath of the wild is how un-zelda it felt and I right. feel like this is maybe them course correcting to go more back to some traditional Zelda aspects. And I'm just like, Perhaps. I don't know if I'm here. I don't know if I'm here for that. Yeah, I, it, it would be somewhat strange, but at the same time, I feel like you can't necessarily like if they found a way to do another Breath of the Wild, and like whether it's by using the sky or you know fucking turfing and going over Hyrule again, like they found another way to get like however many shrines there were again, it would be like. Ah, it's another map that's perhaps even functionally or just theoretically identical with like another 200 new shrines. All right, maybe like a hundred of them are in the air this time because that's where it seems like a large portion of the game will take place. Um, and that would be fine, but it's just like we, I think the, the, an interesting example is Majora's Mask is stated right here. Like Nintendo rarely rest on their laurels and they go yeah. back to worlds and characters and games and make direct sequels when they've got new ideas. Or at least they can do something they did really well better. Um, Majora's Mask being an example of the former, 
um, Galaxy 2 being an example of the latter. Um, and I, yeah, which which kind of sequel this will this be? A Galaxy 2 where it's like, no, there was more room on the table. We had ideas on the table for Breath of the Wild, yeah. and now we're doing that? Or is it the Majora's Mask of like, we're actually going to turn ideas on the head? Because one of the things, again, it might just be cutscenes and story content that doesn't actually matter. But remember the first ever trailer for Breath of the Wild 2, or the sequel to Breath of the Wild? And it had <laughs> yeah. like a bunch of sequences that looked like they were almost set like underground and it was yeah, all, and uh, caves so, and a lot of like green yeah. glowy shit so yeah. like maybe that's where the idea of some of those darker elements are drawn from um uh, yeah I, 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 but then i can't if if any single developer or publisher on planet earth has proved over history and over time that they go back to things for good reasons with the exception perhaps of certain remasters and remakes and re-releases um but certainly when it comes to new games it's Nintendo, so I feel like I've got to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I would like to see something soon-ish. The full release. They've got um, five, eight months, something like that. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? Like, I, I think it's okay for me personally because, hey, I need time to finish Breath of the Wild in order to prep for this. I need time to Chris, finish Elden sorry, Ring, no. I and, said, and I, I need said, time. I said eight months, yeah. not eight years. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. I'm I'm laughing because I'm crying inside. Um, and then also like God of War, which um, did did you see that they they said how big it's going to be on the PS4, like double the, oh, the it's, gigabytes. It's like ninety, God of War. Like 90 gigs or something. It was like ninety-seven gigabytes on on PS4. It, yeah. it should be smaller on PS5 because they're just better at compressing shit for. Yes, PS5. exactly. But it's it's could could be mental. I'm hoping it's all just fucking textures. <laughs> Because, that would be nice. Uh, because you know what? God, God of War um, was a long game, Jamie. I'm just going to put was. that. I, uh, it, it, or, you know what? It wasn't a long game. It was the perfect length for what they needed to do. And I didn't necessarily feel like it outstayed its welcome. Whereas there are other games that I've been like, this game should have ended fucking 10 hours ago. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, no. You know, um, but I'm, I'm, I might be crazy, but I'm, I'm hoping it's, the same length and not longer. Well, I think the same length would be fine for the exact same reason you just praise the length of the original. Like, it's yeah, a, the yeah. idea that a sequel needs to be longer is, I think, like a like a you know, a, a dragon that's not necessarily worth chasing. I don't think yeah. it yeah. has any impact on the product itself. Diminishing. It's like it feels like it's a marketing box tick, which yeah, nothing in game design should be, if possible. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But that was the comment from Low Point Fair. The the one thing I do want to mention is uh, him saying, I hope his back gets better soon. Thank you. I am on the mend. So what happened was I did slip a disc because I'm a fucking old man and I am uh, uh, staring in the mirror and the mirror is staring back at me sometimes and how old I am. Uh, yeah, I slipped a disc in my back. I was like, Luckily, I was by my couch when it happened, but I did collapse on the floor and I couldn't move for like about half an hour until I kind of like gathered the strength and the uh, courage to try and lift myself up and put myself on the couch. And then I just sat on the couch, Jamie, um, for like two to three hours, just not moving. And I was just like, this is yeah. fine. This is, this is my new reality now. I'm never leaving this couch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... The couch is going to grow into me. You know, like the, the, the fucking... The infected in uh they're not called infected what are they called in last of us with the cordyceps and all that mm -hmm. stuff and the, the kind of it, it, that's what's going to happen with me and my couch i was like i was fully accepting it i was like I i'm think, just going to meld into i'm going to become a, a couch fiend 
I think there's an episode of Nip Tuck about that. Like an obese person that gets like fused into their couch and they oh. have to like sew them out. Like that's man, rather like cut them out. Tuck. Yeah, that's a throwback for you. <laughs> I, I used to fucking love Nip Tuck, man, because it was so yeah, fucking depraved. It was like mental. Yeah, like, like the, the perfect mix of plastic surgery and fucking. Who'd have thought? <laughs> Uh, TV executives, apparently. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, but yeah, a- and as a result, like it's been a really long recovery. Um, I just get very tired very easily. Um, as as a result of obviously being uncomfortable with your back, I was in bed a lot. I didn't sit on my couch, which also means I didn't play a lot of games because I was just sleeping constantly, just sleeping, sleeping, sleeping. Um, but I did manage to play some games in that time, as I'm sure you would have hoped. Okay, so this is my catch up. I played a lot more Elden Ring, which I'm I'm quite happy about. Not more than you, not as much as you'd think that I would have managed, but I managed a fair chunk. And I finally beat General Redon, which I'm quite happy about. It only took me about six tries, so I'm I'm happy about that. Not not too bad. Uh, I think I was maybe just a little bit higher leveled in my weapons than maybe the area necessitated because I've been so oh, right. Do, do you know what I mean? Because I've been like fucking scrounging every little corner before yeah, going yeah, to him. Yeah. So. That's, I, a, nice, I think that's I was, a nice feeling, though. That's earned. You earned it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's not like it was easy. Far right, from it. It's yeah, just no. like it's just like oh, I've got this, bro. I've got this. Um, another interesting one was I don't know if you saw a tweet that I put out. Was it yesterday or the day before on the Kingdom franchise? So, for those who don't know, Kingdom is a game where you, it's a side-scrolling game where you play a king or a queen in one of the sequels on oh, horseback. I remember this. And the, yeah, the only keys are like left, right, and down, or space bar, I believe. And you, you, it, it's very simple, but what you, you've got this main central base, and at daytime, everything's cool, and you forage, and you do this, you know, build buildings, uh, get farms, etc. And at night, you get attacked by little demons, okay? And you've got to build up your fortifications during the day, and mine, and grow, and expand, and then defend at night. And it's really simple but really addictive and there's a lot of depth to it for how simplistic the the game is and it's it's been on like 97 percent discount on steam at the moment so if anyone wanted like really good fucking indie games that you can really sink a lot of hours into i'd highly recommend kingdom but anyway i I, i've got kingdom i was like i'm gonna load up my steam library and i'm gonna play it and i had for some reason i hadn't didn't have it downloaded on my hard drive so it's like okay set it down not not very big but I was like, it's going to take a minute, two minutes, and I'm fucking, I need instant gratification. So it's like, what can I do while I'm waiting? Oh, God, so, I know where this is going. I saw, oh, yes, of course you can, because you can see it on the fucking document. Yeah, but I'm putting two and two together now. Yeah, exactly. And I saw Vampire Survivors, the little logo then. I was like, fuck, man, Vampire Survivors. I haven't played that since, like, the beginning of the year, and they've had so many updates. Let, let me jump back in. And, uh, yeah, like, Three hours later, I was still playing Vampire. I never got to the to, King, to play Kingdom. I played like three hours of Vampire Survivors just on the couch, like really uncomfortable, but just absolutely absorbed in it. Because you know what those fuckers did, Jamie? They updated the game so much that they reset everything and all my progress was lost. Oh, right. I didn't... I wasn't aware that that was a thing. I'm not sure yeah, that's happened to my save. You should check it out. Hmm. I, had, I had all my gold, but all my characters reset... Oh, all my might... all my unlocks reset. Okay, I think I did have to do that. Yeah, yeah, and I was really fucking pissed off about that. But 
yeah. Guess what? I, Vampire Survivors still a fun game. I love that that started out as you like vouching for Kingdom and saying, "Yeah, everyone check out Kingdom." Here's why I didn't play it. <laughs> but my my point is, I want to play more Kingdom. Okay, it's fucking it's fucking cool, man. And it's like three pounds on Steam, and they've got like loads of free DLC. And I was excited to see that they've got a new Kingdom game in development that's based on the eighties. So you play as a kid on a bicycle and like oh. Weird. I, I guess, yeah, like it does sound weird and it's very far removed from like a, a regal king and you know fields and this other. But actually, like it makes perfect sense the way yeah. if you play if you play Kingdom and you understand what they're going for, a kid on a bicycle and I, I guess that like Stranger Things aesthetic, then you you'll understand it. Uh, but yeah, the and then the only other thing I've got to catch up on, Jamie, is um, yeah, you know, I watched loads of TV shows, loads of movies, as I was wanting to do while I was recovering. Uh, but one thing that stood out was my wife had never watched this film, and I saw it when it came out in the cinema, and I I loved it. And I was like, when it came up on TV and and download, etc., I was like, hey, you need to watch this film because it, you didn't see it in the cinema, fine, but it's really fucking good. And she's like, yeah, yeah, I want I want to watch it, and she didn't watch it until I forced her to watch it the other day. And I'm talking about Christopher Nolan's Tenet. Mm, interesting. How did yeah. it go down? Um, she was confused as hell. Fair enough. I will say, watching it on TV was better than watching it in the cinema in terms of understanding what they're saying. Because you, you know Christ- Christopher Nolan has this thing of like muffling voices and having the score overtake everything else in yes. the cinema. But yeah. on TV, it's a bit, little bit better. Um, but yeah, no, she she loved it. Didn't really understand a lot of it. At, at some point, I had to like pause it and be like, Right, so this is what's happening, this is what's happening. I will say, on a second viewing, and maybe even not even a second viewing, but a second viewing so far removed from the first viewing, I really fucking loved it, man. Interesting. Like, I might have to go I loved to it. I, yeah, I loved it in the cinema, and it was a film that I was like, this is a movie that deserves to be watched again, and I just never got around to it, because I was like, no, well, I'll just watch it with my wife, and it never happened, but <laughs> yeah, just do yourself a favor, man. Like, it, it's such a man, good it, film. But man. it bros, and, it's... And, and that soundtrack is so banging, man. The soundtrack is good, but it's, I was going to say it's the Christopher Nolan curse because I haven't watched Interstellar since the cinema. I've only watched Inception maybe yeah. t- once or twice since the cinema. But you see, but, but like Interstellar, I remember coming out of the theater, you know, the cinema, and saying to myself, I loved that movie and I never want to watch it again. Because you don't want to like spoil the image you've got. No, it's just because it was like, I don't know, it was just like, it was a bit of a slog. It was. In, in, it was. in a way. And... And it was something that was like, as as a one-off thing, it was an amazing experience and I didn't need to do it again. I've, I've since softened on that and I do want to watch it again. I've downloaded it. So I just got to find like fucking five hours of my life to watch it again. Um, but yeah, Tenet ten is fucking quality, man. So good. Especially a second viewing where you're understanding things a lot more. Because you're watching Tenet for the first time, you're like, I don't understand what's going on, but I'm here for the ride, you know. Whereas now it's like, oh, yeah, I know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I remember being mostly okay with Tenet, but up until maybe like the last third or the last quarter, where there were a few too many things going on at <clears> once, where I was like, with the like the temporal pincers and all that shit. See, the temporal pincers as it related to the uh, the, the more action oriented moments were like fine because, like you said, you just kind of roll with it and take them for what they yeah. are. Yeah, it was some of the more character uh, reveal, some of the larger character reveals, and trying to like retrace your steps in terms of how you've remembered things and like a realign that stuff that I was like it asked you to do a lot in not a lot of time towards the end of the film but broadly yeah. speaking 
yeah like it, it, once you want once you wrap your head around like the cool concept um you i thought it was yeah yeah I I, it was I, a solid i'd movie. be i'd be interested man like if you watch it again now like not not even anything that we have to discuss on the pod but i'd just be interested in your thoughts on a second watch through because you'll be a similar thing as me right like so far removed from it and then watching it again and uh, yeah i guess so. but the other thing i'm curious about jamie what have you been playing what do I really like? Well, first of all, let me say, um, how, now that you mentioned um, you're back, that I'm very glad to have you back on the podcast, and I'm glad you're feeling Blue. well enough to be here, and I hope it keeps getting better. Um, back, back streets, back, boys. Back streets, back. back. Broke, Chris is no longer broke back mountain. Um, there know, there's a gay joke in there somewhere. Um, okay. Yeah, you know I played a few things this week. Um, I'm, I'm in an awkward situation with one of them where... I signed an NDA without reading um, the date I'm allowed to talk about the thing, and I can't I can't find the date. So I'm I'm basically I'm waiting till I see YouTube videos and reviews go up, and then I'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's happened enough. yet at the time of recording. So the only thing I'll yeah. talk about is Modern Warfare Two, which um, was obviously kind of the multiplayer of which was formally revealed last week. I think Jonesy and I were recording basically as it was happening as they were doing yeah. the Call of Duty Next event, and it's yeah. since had. Um, well, it's it's as we speak, it's entering its second weekend of beta, um, now completely open on PlayStation and soon to be open on Xbox and PC unless you've pre-ordered. Um, yeah, I will say that my first impressions of Modern Warfare Two are positive. Uh, talking exclusively about the multiplayer in its current state, um, with you know the current sort of circulation of game modes and maps that we've got, um, I'd like to see more. Goes without saying, I want to see the full range of uh, weapons. I want to see how the the gunsmith continues to get more involved and more elaborate. Um, need to see, you know, server reliability, what the you know the quality of the, re- the remainder of the maps. Um, but like the early, my first impressions are really solid. I was a big fan of Modern Warfare twenty nineteen, so naturally yeah. this was had a you know, coming came came into things with an advantage over say Black Ops Cold War and Vanguard in recent years for me. Um, I just think Infinity Ward games hit a little bit different. The way they handle sort of like the weight of the guns, the impact of of, of the weaponry, their audio design, um, the visual design, and the feedback of like firing the guns, um, even the map design to a certain extent, uh, and of course visually, this is you know the most advanced and the best looking Call of Duty multiplayer to date. So it has a lot of really nice things going for it. Um, I again, it, it helps that I again I'll be upfront that I am more into Infinity Ward and Modern Warfare as a sub-series than just about anything yeah. else COD is doing at the moment. But um, yeah. yeah, positive start. Open beta for almost everyone this weekend if you want to try it out. And um, But that's just for the just for the multiplayer? Like, like the specific uh, yeah, multiplayer? Specifically not... multiplayer. Um, yeah. Warzone has obviously been elaborated on a little bit. That's releasing, I think, mid-November. We've seen the new map. Influencers have played a few games. Reception has not been that positive from what this I've is, seen. This is... Yeah, this is what I wanted to speak to you about. And I, I like I brought it up with you on one of our WhatsApp chats, but I wondered if there was anything more or anything you wanted to say here because I've been yeah, I've been reading some not hot receptions on it saying like it just doesn't it's not hitting Yeah. Like like if uh, say what we want about Warzone in its current state, but when Warzone launched, it was it was like that that perfect mix at the right time, right? That's the thing. And I think what the vibe I got from this is that so Everyone who's talking publicly about Warzone Two at the moment, having played it, did so yeah. because they were at Call of Duty Next, and they did, and they were at Call of Duty Next because they were a Call of Duty <clears throat> influencer or YouTuber or streamer in some respect, even if it's not what they did exclusively. Um, so what we're getting at the moment, and this is true of multiplayer as well, 
is the feedback from the most hardcore of hardcore and the people who are really into this franchise and this series. Yeah, yeah. And so the guys you... that are going to be like um, obsessing about the meta, the ever-changing exactly, meta, and exactly. like, what's this, what's that? Whereas uh, someone like you and I, maybe you to a lesser extent, but me to a more extent, like, I don't care about that stuff. It's just like, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll get in and, oh, there's a fucking, oh, it's an LMG? Okay, fine, I'll use it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, but the, the thing they might have in common more with you and I, though, than, 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 than that element you just picked out is that I think a lot of them are coming into this thinking the problem with Warzone wasn't fundamental issues in terms of its design. It was that it wasn't, like, supported as well as things like Fortnite appeared to be supported, you know, um, the way they kind of, like, adjusted to the way the game was being played, various metas that has, uh, emerged, uh, the way that gun unlocks and gun leveling up worked, um, like, the, the the lack of updates to the map, um, and then, of course, the way they supported it as other subsequent COD games came out, the disastrous implementation of Black Ops Cold War weaponry, the disastrous launch of the Caldera map, the fact that they regressed in terms of bugginess as the game went forward, as opposed to getting more and more polished over time. Yeah, but like game-breaking what... bugs, right? Like, exactly. Like really, like like fucking releasing a skin that just makes you fucking invisible. <laughs> All kinds of bullshit like that. And that <laughs> left a lot of people looking at Warzone 2 and saying, bro, make a next-gen PS5 like uh, launch like application that's like a a, a, a most well-polished, best-looking version yeah. of Warzone with a new That's map. That's not 200 gigabytes. Exactly. <laughs> just improving all of that shit. Like, like round off all the corners, Um, you know, sand that shit down and make the, the best Warzone you can. And Infinity Ward <laughs> and, you know, Activision at large haven't done that. They've made a new yeah. game um, with a lot of different fundamentals, fundamentals to the way armor works, the fact that there are no loadouts in the game, which means that subsequently there are no perks in the game. Apparently yeah. the way the map has been designed the speed of the game and the idea to put like more focus on tactical gameplay rather than fast-paced gameplay. Um, a lot of the fundamentals have been changed in a way that some people have uh, interpreted as being too much. Um, that it's changed too much and they've do, got away from Warzone too much. Do you think it's... It surely it's not as big a jump as COD 4 to... Uh, um, Black Ops 4 to Warzone. It, as seems, Warzone to Warzone it seems like 2. it's going to be a middle ground between Blackout um, and, and yeah. Warzone. Um, like they are like one of the things that was interesting about Warzone is it tried to appeal to the more traditional Call of Duty player by stripping out a lot of the complications that games like Apex and PUBG concern themselves with. Apex and PUBG, for example, you're picking up different uh, armors with different tiers of armor. Yeah, you've got armor and he uh, helmets separated out. Guns are guns, and you need attachments to go with that. Call of Duty simplified a lot of that by saying we're not going to have attachments that are pick up that you can pick up as loot. We're going to have various guns that are based off these, going to use this blueprint system. They said we got, armor's going to work one day, one way. You've got uh, three slots for plates. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to take ideas from the multiplayer, like kill streaks, and we're going to insert them right into the game and say, hey, what if it was a battle royale game, but it felt like Call of Duty? And yeah. Warzone 2 feels like it's going more towards, what if it was more of a battle royale game in the way that PUBG and Blackout, like mentioned for Black Ops 4, had been beforehand? Like, what if you yeah. did have to do inventory management on the fly again? What if there were different kinds of armor? What if maybe actually you couldn't get uh, your loadouts and you did have to like loot for guns a little bit more? Um, yeah. Some, yeah. But, you know, 150 million people played Warzone um, and there are probably about 150 people right now angry about Warzone 2 on Twitter. <laughs> they just happen to be talking very loudly. So who the fuck knows what will happen? The other thing that I've heard a lot of talk about is that they've confirmed that they're releasing their DMZ mode, I think DMZ. it's called. Yeah, um, which I... 
I've been hearing is the is a lot better than a lot yes. of people thought well, it the, would be. The accusation that I've heard in more than a, a few places is that the reason the Warzone 2 map feels weird and the pacing feels wrong is that they made a map for T- for DMZ and are using it for Warzone 2. Um, yeah. and so look, so it, tell, a, tell, give me a refresh on what the DMZ is. DMZ is... Is that, um, is that, is that the cons- consistent frontline thing? It's, it's it's basically like Escape from Tarkov is a big deal. Let's let's make on the on the basis that like Escape from Tarkov could be the next Fortnite battle royale. Let's make our version of that as soon as we possibly can. Battlefield tried it with, in twenty forty nine. It flopped. Um, that mode I think is already no, no longer being supported. But it is a infiltration exfiltration mode that is about going into um, an area of what what is the Warzone two map. Um, I presume like looting. Um, I don't really know what the like on the on the ground mm. gameplay is, but like um, scavenging and looting and then exfiltrating before you die, um, and it will be a PvPVE mode. Um, and the Warzone map, as it is in Warzone Two, to be fair, will be populated by um, AI. And um, but apparently the AI, again in sort of Escape from Tarkov fashion, will be extremely like advanced and difficult uh, AI. Yeah. So, but it's interesting. So you said that the AI is in. Warzone as well. Yes, there's AI in Warzone, mate. If I had to play play that game and get killed by a fucking AI instead of a player, I'd be so pissed off. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird because I remember Titanfall used to do that quite a lot. They had a game mode called, called Attrition, which had AI in it. I loved it because it always gave you something to shoot and it made you feel so much more active. But in Warzone, that's not the point. And you're right, a death costs a lot more in Warzone than it did in Titanfall Two, for example. So <laughs> it's definitely a risk. But from what I understand, they are meant to be relegated to certain areas where, so there are these things called strongholds, and strongholds are areas within the Warzone 2 map that you would choose to go to, to take on these AI and kill them right. and secure the higher quality loot within that stronghold. Okay, and a stronghold would be like a certain risk and reward. Yeah, it's meant yeah. to be that. We'll see if it works. Um, yeah. Which is I, I kind of think... the takeaway for all of this. We'll see if it works. Yeah. I think it's just to be like really scummy. Who who killed you? Let's see the kill cam. Oh, it's fucking AI. Okay, cool. Yeah, nice. exactly. They've got to they've got to be very careful balancing it. Yeah. Too easy. Why have it in there? Too hard. Why am I dying to this? It's very difficult. Fine. Fair enough. But yeah. Promise, uh, promise it. But early signs. Modern Warfare Two promising. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. There's two. Uh, the war zone is going to be the curious thing because obviously you want it to be good because. I, like I, I jump back into a Warzone too. Yeah, e- easy. I mean, like, hey, it's yeah, I, free I, I, either I, way. So yeah, okay, but I mean, like Warzone is free, but it's like really shit. <laughs> um, yeah. but like I had, my, I had a good time with it. I stopped playing it because I just had my fill. But I'm ready for some more, something new. Give me that new, new, you know. And, and talking exactly. about talking about the new, new, Jamie, we've uh, we've been shown what's next coming from uh, NVIDIA because they released their GeForce RTX 40 series GPUs. They revealed them, buddy. It's a reality now. You don't have to worry about not being able to buy a 3090 because now you can buy a 4080 and a 4090 and presumably nothing else for the time being. (laughs) Because that's how they do it, right? They always release the higher ones first because they're like, hey, people want new shit, so let them pay top fucking dollar. And top dollar we are talking about because... The fucking the forty eighty is hold on, yes, there we go. The thirty ninety. No, it is the forty ninety. Yeah, the forty ninety will cost one thousand five hundred ninety nine dollars, 
the 4080 will cost 890. That's quite a difference between the two cards. Yeah, um, and uh, apparently also it's, it's seemingly... almost like double. Yeah, and apparently also quite a big difference between the size of the cards you get. Like a lot of people pointing out the difference in specs between the 12 gigabyte and 16 gigabyte versions. There's something online that people are getting really pissed off about that I don't understand because I'm not a whiz kid. But well, I know I know that at least on the 3090, I don't know if it relates to the 40 uh, for the 4090. I've got to get used to saying that instead of 3090. Um, and the 4080, I don't know if the difference lies there, but one of them, presumably the bigger one, if not both of them is a triple PCI slot. So it takes up three mm, okay. of the bays on, on your... Like, if you know, if you look at the back of your PC and it's got the little grills and, like, that's where you put your HDMI from into the graphics card, it'll take up three of those fucking slots. Is that the thing that PC gamers get angry about? I don't even know. It, it depends on the motherboard because it might just block off other shit. I don't know. It's it's annoying, for sure. Okay. But, but then again, the, the other thing, Jamie, cost of living is going up and, uh, you know, uh, electricity, especially here in the UK, really fucking expensive. And the <laughs> the fucking, the power units that you need for these things are absolutely astronomical. So, yeah. you know, it, it it's not just going to cost you $1,599 to tell that much. No, no, no. There's, there's more than just the upfront cost at play here. But yeah. it, it does mean like it's going to be another year as the 30 series ended up being, of just being reminded constantly that you're no longer on the cutting edge. Like, I think I had a collective, like, nine months be having early, one of the latest series of um, of NVIDIA GPUs. Um, and now, like, I'm going to be... This is me falling another generation behind. I have to look at those stupid screenshots of them showing, you know, how high frame rates will get when you're using DLS that, DLSS 3 on games. Yeah. In some cases, I'm either actively playing or look to play in the future. Um, yeah. It, it does kind of feel like the underhand tactic that NVIDIA are great at using is just making you feel insignificant when it comes to your current setup. But to be fair to them, it's been a long time since the release of the 30 series, right? Whereas if you look at, at what Apple does with their chips, they're like, oh, yeah, there's, there's a refresh each year. Yeah, Refuck exactly. Stuff. Give us money. New thing so each it could, year, it could be worse. Person. Yeah, exactly. It could, it could <laughs> always be worse. You know, but yeah... I, I'm I'm always excited, even though like fucking hell, like other than my work laptop, like my personal laptop, still rocking that Alienware 13 with the 1060 inside of it. Like it's still going strong. Yeah, you know? and that's the thing. I'm not, like, yeah, I'm not pumping everything up to ultra graphics and whatever. And as years go by, I've got to drop it down and down and down on the new releases but just then, to get those good frame rates. But do you have a fine. lower limit? Like, do you have a point at which, like, when medium starts to chug, is that where you go? Okay. Dude, before before I got this Alienware, I had my um, Alienware M14X with a, G, a GTX 555M. And I remember I was playing the Division at like 20 frames, 20 FPS. And I was like, this is fine. Not great, but I'm playing the Division. Just play it on console at that point, surely. I didn't have a PS4 at that stage. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. But, but like, my, yeah. There is definitely a point where at some point it chugs and it's like, mm, it's not worth it. But hey, I've got my PS, PS4. I've got my, my Switch. I've got plenty of games that run just fine on that laptop that I have not finished. I, I think I'm good for the time being. Yeah. Like the, and as long as though, and as long as Dota plays well, Jamie. I mean, granted, I haven't played it in like almost six months, but as long as Dota runs, I'm, I'm yeah. good. 
the the interesting thing for me is going to be because in recent years, other than Cyberpunk, which I made the decision to pick up on PC, um, yeah, a lot of the times the kind of the owning the PS5 and the PS5 being newer than my graphics card is. I know that's not how it works, but it's like the mental gymnastics. You do. Yeah, um, it's been like I'll, I'll sit with the PS5. Where things will get interesting is. I'm pretty sure now I'm no longer going to follow Xbox down the path in terms of their latest home console hardware. So when the Game Pass dream sort of starts to continues to pay off and some of the big titles on the horizon come out, like Starfield, for example, and I'm essentially committed to having no choice but to play that on PC because of Game Pass and not owning a Series X, that's when it's like, what does Starfield look like on my current rig? And is that acceptable? And like, if we you know flash forward another year, if we're then talking about Fable and Fabled like doesn't <laughs> look right on a fucking twenty eighty super, then that's when I have to crack this bad boy open. I think, depending uh, on where uh, you're at by then. You know, what? I think you'll be surprised because, especially like, don't don't look at my kind of like journey with gaming laptops. Gaming desktops are completely different kettle of fish. They last way longer. Like the thing is, if you, which is what you did, if you go in and you buy, like, top of the line, new, that shit will last you a long time, dude. I'm, I'm, like, yeah, I'm, you know, yeah, like, it's comfortable like, for like, now. I'm just, I'm just like, con- conscious of the yeah. future. Like, look, Fable's going to come out. You're not going to want to run it at 4K Ultra, HDR, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, no. it'll, it'll but be I, fine. But I, might, but I might want to run it at 1440p Ultra and still get at least 60, and I probably won't be able to. No, I definitely won't be able to. I think you would. I don't think you I can't do that at the moment with some games. Okay, but like Dep- what? Well, like depending flight on simulator, like, you can't do it on Flight Simulator, fine. Yeah, and it also depends on um, uh, re- like uh, ray traced, uh, st- ray tracing, basically. Yeah, the ray tracing is the killer. And I think this is what's so interesting about all the stuff that they've been showing off of this new uh, 40 series card, right? Where it's like they, they show you um, a... a 3090, 3080, whatever it is, the, the previous gen. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is the frame rate you get with RTX off. It's like like ultra settings, RTX off. And you're like, okay, fine. And they're like, this is the new one. And this is RTX on mm-hmm. with DLSS 3 enabled. And it's yeah. like triple the fucking frame rate. It's, it's crazy. Like with, with RTX on, it's mad. And, it, and it's showing, it's using games like we mentioned, Flight Simulator and Cyberpunk as examples. And... You know, if you crunch those up all the way with RTX and uh, Ultra Grab, like yeah. those are ta- taxing games. Yeah, it's it's mental. Honestly, it's absolutely insane. Um, but the, the the one thing that was really fucking lovely about this is we, we got a an announcement of a remaster, Jamie. I don't, I, I don't want to get into the minute. I hate the words we're going to have to use for all this shit, but okay, we'll call it a remaster well, for now. Yeah, Nvidia, Nvidia are get a, bit... a remaster. No, Nvidia have this thing where, yeah, it's not a remaster. No, it is a remaster. It's not a remake. The, the, the word that's popping up a lot, and not just when it comes to the technology that's used to make it, but oh, yeah, is mm. remix. Yeah. Which, like, yeah, the well, idea, that... we got into such a big fight with over The Last of Us, remaster versus remake. If we have a third R in there, Chris, I'm going to slip. I'm going to punch my own ticket. I mean, it, it is starting to sound a little bit like um, <clears throat> like Square Enix's naming conventions for Kingdom Hearts. Like, re- <laughs> remaster, remix, uh, downward drop, Jizz oh. edition. Yeah, yeah, no, but absolutely. Portal RTX, remix, Dream Drop, Dream Drop Distance 2.5. 
exactly. Uh, but yeah, Portal, in a nice surprise drop, has been given the RTX treatment. Now, in previous iterations, they had, uh, what was it? Quake 2? They had mm-hmm. an RTX yep. version of it. I've, I've got it on, I went to a promotional thing for it, and they gave me a CD with Quake 2 RTX on it, which was quite nice. It's like an old throwback with like an old school kind of like cover and everything. Got that knocking about somewhere. Might be worth something. Um, but yeah, like fucking a portal is an amazing game. Um, we're talking about the first one here, obviously. Second one, also amazing. But portal is an amazing game. And what they've done to it just looks absolutely fucking incredible. It's all, they're doing it to show off this official mod that RTX have got all, all this like, what's the word? It's, got, it's like pipeline that they've got in order for people to easily make mods, RTX mods for games. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, by just kind of like automatically injecting some RTX lighting into classic things, which is interesting. They had, oh, they had like Minecraft RTX, which completely fucking changes it. Like you cannot believe. Mm-hmm. So I, I like, I'm super tempted by this, but I don't have an RTX card at all. It runs, to be fair, it runs on any RTX card. Um, you don't need to have the latest one just to play yeah. the, RT, the Portal RTX. And, and it, it is a free update on Steam. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very interested about this. I watched that trailer, and it's one of those things that sometimes, weirdly enough, in more modern games, ironically, kind of even like those that were being used to promote RTX as soon as the, you know, <clears throat> the, the that first set of cards were being released, like the 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 differences with RTX on RTX off can be a little bit more minute and almost indistinguishable <laughs> at times. There's nothing indistinguishable about the differences here. Like Portal is a perfect showcase for everything ray tracing is all about it looks yeah. remarkable and it's it's fascinating just how much like how much we associate complex um lighting techniques and lighting technology with advanced visuals in general it just makes it look like a game from another stratosphere um, yeah and i think the really yeah. interesting thing here is as you mentioned how effective is this rtx remix technology um when being used on other games and when being put in the hands of other people they claim um, that it can add ray tracing to titles in quote just a few clicks. I, I you know that remains to be seen. I don't know how much tweaking and filling there is to be done on the um, on the creator side there, but but the the promise of more Portal RTX style projects in the future, wherever they stem from, like it, it could be a really interesting way to kind of like rediscover and revisit old games with an astonishing coat of paint. Yeah, it would be really cool. Like. Something like that. If if they say, yeah, just a few clicks, like that's the case and anyone can do it. it. It could even be a case of like going back to your library and being like, hmm, I really want to play this game, but let's just add RTX to it. Yeah, And right. if it's a thing where it's like, if NVIDIA can have like a decent interface for it and it's easy enough to do, then it could just be like, oh, okay, well, I could play the game now or maybe I could play it in like 20 minutes, but it'll look like incredibly different maybe not better but different and be like yeah i can do that i'm yeah. down for that for sure can't wait to add uh to rtx remix the uh kane and lynch games it's gonna be my first thing <laughs> yeah really yeah yeah make kane and lynch dead men again uh, people would think dog days but i actually don't i'm i'm thinking dead men with um <clears throat> especially the mission where you're rappelling down the side of that big um big building yep okay it's gonna you be see? my niche you, you want to know my one um, can I guess it? Take, yeah, take a guess. Take a guess. I'll, I'll give you two um, guesses. What's the name of that series that it was like a knockoff of The Sims, but with explicit fucking, like couples or something like that? Is it that? I, no, it's not ah, that. Shit. Um, okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I, I don't want to see the the ray tracing from pools of cum. Uh, <laughs> Thank see, you very much. Cum is a nice shimmer, bro. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. You, you never seen cum glistening in the moonlight. <laughs> Under the pale moonlight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, that was your one guess. What's your second guess? Um, so it's a PC Morrowind. I mean, that that was something that they did show off, and I, I would absolutely cream for that. But no, that's not what I'm thinking of in this instance. Hmm. The Morrowind stuff looked cool, man, but it was just screenshots. But Some Half-Life sick. shit? No. I, okay, think about, like, you, you, you mentioned, like, rappelling down a building and, like, how cool that would be, right? I'm thinking... Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Vegas 2. I mean, you're not... You're getting there. <laughs> how am I getting warmer getting with that? That was meant to be a joke. Um... Spec Ops the Line. Think about it. Dubai. Skyscrapers. Uh, okay. There's a lot of glass I, in that game, to be fair. It would be so sick. Honestly. That would be... That would... That would. Oh, I mean, you, you, it's, it's been well documented, at least on ATG, that my love for that game. Yeah. Like, think it, about it. Be, it would be, be It would be really fucking cool. Yeah, it would be really cool, and then you'd very quickly realize you were playing Spec Ops the Line. And you'd love it, because it's a great game. Uh, Spec Ops the Line is a... Is an exceedingly average shooter with a with Look, a with a with a story that was. I mean, I mean, I increasingly tend to believe a story that was overhyped because it was different and it was more challenging or thought provoking than people were used to at the time. It, it wrapped up in a game that they didn't expect to offer any of that. You're wrong. It's a great game, but anyway, moving. do yourself a favor and just watch Apocalypse Now. Uh, it's, yeah, it's over. Yeah. It's over in about the same amount of time. A spec ups the line, and it's better. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, goodness, goodness gracious. Um, <laughs> fucking, you killed me with that, you bastard. Um, you, you know what? I'd like to play an RTX version of Spec Ops The Line is on NVIDIA's other proprietary um, technology, GeForce Now, Jamie. And oh, yes. as luck would have it, there is a console, a handheld console that has been announced, which has been previously rumored, uh, from Logitech of all places called the G Clyde G Clyde. <laughs> the G Cloud handheld. Um, and what's really cool about this is it's an Android-based handheld gaming thing. Effect effectively what you'd imagine like a PSP or a switch to look like, screen in the middle, controllers on the side, there you go. What's cool about it, it runs Android, but it's got baked into it Xbox Cloud Gaming, Steam Link, uh, NVIDIA's GeForce Now. And then they quote unquote say, and any other streaming app that you can get through an Android store. So presumably you could link your PlayStation as well, but I guess they just didn't have a lot that maybe Sony's not a licensed partner with Logitech yeah. to like mention it. But this thing is fucking cool, man. What's not so cool though is the pricing. $350. Uh, if you pre-order, it's $300, which I mean, that's, no way to kind of cut this up. That is Steam Deck territory. Yeah, the Steam Deck is it the assuming if you don't pre-order, if you buy it, let's say at launch, it's fifty dollars less than a Steam Deck. Yeah, and a whole lot less powerful, especially as so natively you can play Android games on it. That's all fine. It's not an exceptionally like strong. Um, like a powerhouse of a console. Yeah, exactly. But what it what it what it was always meant to be was just connect to all those cloud streaming services or 
console streaming services. So you could take your entire library on your Xbox One X, for example, mm-hmm. uh, or uh, Xbox Series X, sorry, and you can play your entire library on that handheld, like just stream it. And the same with Steam Link, the same with presumably uh, PS App. That's all really cool. And then obviously Xbox Cloud Gaming is a separate thing and GeForce Now is a separate thing. And I'm sure like PlayStation Now as well, they probably have some fucking... I forget, re- I forget exactly how PlayStation Now works when it comes to like third-party support, but yeah. Yeah, we'll but like it, it's all pretty fucking cool. And I guess what this has going for it is it's going to be a lot lighter and it's got like 12-hour battery life. It's got haptics, it's got gyroscope, it's got everything you <laughs> want from it other than, let's say, the power. Yes. I, like... I think I think they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot with the pricing, though. If they if they got it, got this down, like you never know. Like you know, give it half a year, it might be like heavily I, discounted. I think it needs to come down so much; it's just not realistic, personally. What would what would be good for you? Tops one hundred and fifty dollars. Really, I I, I would bro, say two hundred. Bro, it's, I'd it's, go, it's, go two hundred. It's an it's an it's an Android bait. It's an it's it's a like a skeleton Android running like thing that like wants to stream game. Like my phone, my, my iPhone can already do this and I can put like a controller on my iPhone. I can sing an Xbox controller to my iPhone for nothing. Like you're you, not wrong. The, you're the, not wrong. What you're, you're trying to get me with here is a seven inch, the, t- the the quality of the seven inch display and the 12 hour long battery life. And like, oh, that's yeah. I'm not paying 300. I'm not paying $50 less than a steam deck. Like I'll be honest. Yeah. There's nothing about this that does anything for me. I'm not wow. interested in a, um, a kind of cloud forward, and not even cloud forward. Almost, I know you mentioned Android apps, Android games, fine. Yeah, yeah. But this, for me, in terms of real gaming, yeah, it, it's, is, it's, it's for a, cloud. Yeah. It's for cloud, and I have no interest in that yet. I know that technology is getting better and better with time. I know the libraries are getting more and more accessible with time. But I personally, pers- personally, am not interested at, at sitting in sitting at home with a handheld device in my lap, hoping my Wi-Fi is good enough that I can stream Halo Infinite. Um, <laughs> I'm not interested in paying $350 for it. Um, Plus service fees, because saying it's a cloud... See, this is maybe what they should have done, is they should have just included all the service fees in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they would have made it yeah, made it a lot more attractive package. Look, I, I there's like nothing it. nothing like, for me, personally. I like it. But then again, like I'm always... I always consider myself like an early adopter, and I just get excited by like just different technologies. Anyway, but like... So. It, like I, would, oh, would, bro! Don't would, don't get me wrong. Like I've got a fucking switch that I've hardly fucking switched on for half a year, and every time I want to switch it on, it's so drained the battery it needs to charge for five days. Yeah. So don't get also, me wrong. Like I'm not getting this. This is the kind. But of, I, I just like it. Also, I like this is idea. the kind of device where, like, to get like reliable enough and fast enough connections to play, like, to play these games via the cloud, you're gonna want to be. Yeah, you know, it's gonna have to be like at home, right? Just, <laughs> yeah. just play the game. Yeah, you're not gonna be, you're not gonna be doing it on on the tube. Yeah, like why? Like I'm, well, I'm gonna. It's the classic thing I've talked about with every other handheld. Am I really gonna be sat where I'm sat right now? I've got the Steam app and the Xbox app like native in front of me right now. I've got a PS5 and an Xbox over there. Like, what am I? What am I gonna have this handheld in my hands for? Because it's cool. <laughs> uh, that, that's basically all it's got going for it. It's like Logitech making a gaming handheld. And it's cool, and it looks it, it looks slightly different, and like it, like you said, it's like you kind of you get those early adopter twinkles in your eye. But fundamentally, when I when I personally break it down, there's nothing in this for me. Okay, let's 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 try find something else that you might be into. Okay, okay. Are you ready? Have you heard of video game donkey? Oh, the uh, content creator. Creator on YouTube. 
Yes, I've heard of him. On, on YouTube. I, I've been I, known I, to enjoy his content. Yes, me too. At two times speed, even though he's got short videos. Um, well, popular YouTuber Dunkey is launching a game publisher company. Yeah. He's a game publisher now. He's a game publisher now. With his wife. With his wife. He's got like the world's most high-pitched, annoying voice in the Yeah, I saw her on a podcast once. (laughs) It's mental. Uh, But yeah, they've got a a new company called Big Mode. Um, Dunkey launched it with a video very much in his own kind of Dunkey style, which if you know Dunkey and you know his content, you kind of look at it and you're like, is this a a piss take? Right, it's a very fine line with him, yeah. Yeah, is, is this like... Are you shit posting or is this real? But no, I, it's real. I, I took it to be genuine, yeah. Yeah. Like uh, even like even I think, obviously not the obviously the announcement's definitely real, but even like the tone of the video, I took it to be like genuine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically he's he's essentially said like he's played so many games, he knows what's good, he knows what's bad. As a publisher, he can help developers of good games put them out there. Obviously, he has a very big following on YouTube, so that's automatically a almost like a marketing platform in and of itself and uh, quote unquote him i'm sick of sitting on the sidelines what do you take what's what's your take on this um my take on this there's two parts to it um and i want to say that this was this was genuinely my take having watched the youtube video before i kind of waded into any other discussion that was going on and like i pulled some quotes here for the sake of uh like that we can read but i wasn't aware of these quotes before I kind of came to my own conclusion, which oh, okay, is that, yeah. um, like, <laughs> the reason it was interesting to me was that when people have asked me in the past, like, what would I do if I, like, won the lottery or if I was a billionaire and I needed to do something to keep myself entertained and, yeah. and engaged and switched on, and, like, this has been my answer forever. Like, like there's something about, like, the Devolver well, Digital Well, be a model. publisher, specifically. Yeah, there's something about the Devolver Digital Model and the like, or the Annapurna interactive model about being in that position where, and again, I don't have money, I don't have contacts, I don't have anything, I have nothing to offer the world right now. But in an alternate, in an alternate universe where I did, there's something about like being able to scout out um, promising games in development, being able to help out independent developers with either additional funds or development support or support around the release and the marketing and the promotion of a game and so on and so forth. And like being able to do like what the what like Devolver and Annapurna have done in recent years has was uh, like been a really kind of inspiring thing for me. And it's like it's not something I aspire to do in real life because it's unrealistic. But again, it's my answer. Like if you made me a billionaire and said, "What would you do to keep your keep like keep yeah. engaged and be a part of society?" I would like to do something like this and leverage those billions of dollars against an industry that I love. And so there's a yeah. part of me that looks at this and this is saying. This is Dunkey doing something that comes from the same place as how I feel about it, because he wants more people to be able to create great games and get them exposed to more people and better the industry. And I am totally on board for that ethos and that, um, and I'm totally on board for like that cause. Yeah. My issue was when I watched the video and um, what Dunkey's video, Dunkey's video. And again, it was the context of a video. It wasn't just a conversation. There was no pushback. There were no questions you could ask, for example. But his justification for going into this essentially came down to, I've played so many games that I know good games, and that's why I'm going to be a video game publisher. And 
I'm still learning the ropes of the video game industry. I'm still learning how things work, how development yeah. works, how publishing works. But we spent enough time around in and around this stuff to know that like there's more to publishing video games than being able to identify a good video game, especially if your expertise is lying a uh, lie in identifying a good video game after a video game has been released. Um, <laughs> my concern here is that in spite of all the best intentions, that there is a huge gulf between, um, and I, I'm sure he's talked to people, and I'm sure like he is, is as clued up as he can be going into this, but I'm still concerned that there would be a gulf between uh, Dunkey's like, dream and his vision for this and the reality of developing and publishing video games. Um, and... So that that that's my concern, and that was that concern was driven home by that video, which like he 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 like at some point it almost came down to as redundant as oh don't you guys hate annual cash grabs like FIFA and Call of Duty? We here on this channel we like Hollow Knight and Cuphead, so I'm gonna make get I'm gonna publish games like that, and you're like, but my dude, like that's not that's like you can't just like create a company with you know. Not even a crazy amount of YouTube subscribers, let's be honest. Like a good amount, but not even a crazy amount. Like, yeah. Even if Mr. Beast created a video game publisher right now, I'd be like, okay, like slow your roll, dude. Like you've got money and and reach, but like it's complicated. Dunkey's an even scarier prospect in that regard. Um and so yeah, I just basically I was worried that best intentions will clash uh tete a tete with the reality of the games industry. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of <sighs> So in, in his in his video, he's like, let me pull up this quote here, hold on. So he says, I've been on YouTube for 11 years now. One of the core themes of my channel has always been to slam slam dunk soulless cash grabs into the garbage can and lift up and praise the truly inspired works of art in this medium. But as he said that, and he's showing the game, he's showing thumbnails and the um, titles of the videos that he's covered, talking about like works of art in this medium. And the thing is, like, he's showing, like, oh, yeah, here's Hollow Knight. Here's uh, Untitled Goose Game. Here's, I don't know, I can't remember what the other one. But like, the, the, the effective thing was, like, here are these games that I'm saying are a work of art in the medium. And at the same time, I'm watching them, like, yeah, but so did every other fucking YouTuber at the same yes, time. Exactly. Like, it's not that you're coming here with a unique perspective on what makes a good video game. You just, you're saying, yes, this video game is good because you, you might truly believe it, sure. But so is everyone else. Like, yeah, there's exactly. nothing unique about this. And like, I, I hate to break it to, like to Dunkey, but like, identifying a good video game after it's been released is very different to identifying <laughs> a good video game like six months into development. Going back to exactly. what you were saying earlier, are you are you going to look at the cylinders coming on each other and think, yeah, you know what? In the third iteration of this game, it might be the fastest selling Nintendo IP ever. Like, are you going to have a, someone walk into your room and describe Cuphead to you, like with a fucking PowerPoint presentation? And then say, not only is this a good idea, but this is a good idea I'm going to financially support for the next fucking, like, 10 years until yeah. it comes out. And, and I'm, I'm going to hand-draw each frame. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to use my contacts to, like, secure, like, marketing deals with Microsoft and so on. Like, don't get me wrong. A lot of people in significant or senior positions within bigger publishers at the moment in the games industry aren't traditionally always from exclusively video game backgrounds. But they are often also from very, like, business-heavy backgrounds. And they yeah. know about like networking and they have connections and they understand like the fundamentals of business and they understand timelines and they understand milestones and they understand like how you keep video games on track um and how you like when to ramp up and when to ramp down video games like there's so many intricacies here that i just feel like 
I worry that based on what we know so far, that there's too much naivety in the mix. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. Although I hope like, I'm not being too negative here. I'm sorry. Because no, I, 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 li- I like the idea <clears throat> and I want I, it to I, work. I think there's an aspect of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And, and I don't think that there's any reason that it wouldn't work. Um, but I think maybe it's a case of like, it's donkey. And it's just like, it's a weird kind of thing. Like him announcing it with his usual shit posting humor, but also trying to come across as being very serious at the same time. Like, I think, I think if he had announced it differently, people would have had completely different takes if I'm entirely honest. Um, but yeah. let's go through some of the people. So Daniel Dwyer of, um, uh, founder of video game documentary production company, Noclip, which we fucking love on this channel. Um, and who is very interestingly currently going through a series of game development because he wanted to see, so they're developing a game. It's like a racing game, like physics based racing game. And he's developing a couple of episodes on Noclip where it's like, what does it take to get a game made, published, marketed, put up on Steam? What are those hurdles? Let's kind of like figure it out and document it for you. And it's been really fascinating to watch. Um, But he commented, uh, perhaps I think a little bit unfairly um, for someone in his position, but let's get into it. Uh, He said, we got to drop the naive shtick that having opinions on games is a qualification for understanding just about anything about development, which is a fair opinion. But I also think it's maybe maybe a little bit harsh because what that feels like what he's reacting to is the shitposting side of what Dunkey's been saying. I've played a lot of games, so yeah, I know what I'm talking about. Even if Dunkey, like that, that video was Dunkey's like call to action. That was his like, and yeah. you look at like the accolades he hands himself in that video. Like that video <laughs> is a pretty self-congratulatory video. But when you look at what he's actually saying about himself, all he's saying is, I've played a lot of games and I've been playing games for a long time and I've gotten really good at knowing when a good a good game is good and a game is bad. But it, but as you pointed out earlier, like there's nothing unique or special about having played video games yeah. for a long time, like being consistent with your ability but, to but identify you see, good I, and I, bad I games. I don't think I don't think like you say, oh, when it boils down to it, what he's saying is that. I don't think that's what... That, I'm saying that's the I mean, only thing he put in the video. If he, the, if there's other yes, things, but, great. But this, but but like, this is why I'm saying, like, his presentation was completely wrong. Right. Because clearly that's not what he offers. What he offers is um, he's obviously got some connections within the industry. You would be being at his level at... Like, yes, okay, he's not the biggest, but he's got a good following, and I'm sure he has good um, relationships with developers, you'd imagine, Okay. And, and industry insiders, what he's got is he's got clout, he's got money, and he's got a essentially a marketing platform that's ready to go. I don't, I don't think that marketing platform is as big as people make it out it to, uh, to be. And I think that having money is very different to funding video game development yeah. and also living your lifestyle. Like he's a YouTuber. Like, yeah, you know, like there's a, cool your jets. Yeah, like I don't know if you're interested in reading like the other quote I put here from. Oh um, yeah, yeah. But like that, that was a reminder to me about like again the financial um, like implications of going on an endeavor like this. Yeah. So, Flambier uh, developer Rami Ishmael wrote that he was happy to see a new publisher emerge, but urged any developers considering signing with Big Mode to heed caution, quoting. Listen, I'll support anyone who wants to publish, throw money at I think that's, a, that's meant to be a, <laughs> uh, da, like a dash in there, sorry, like a... 
All right. Okay. So I'll support anyone who wants to publish slash throw money at indie games, but indies, if as in being the indie developers, if you're going to take a deal from someone whose uh, publishing qualifications are, I played a lot of games, make sure your upfront is 130% of a well-paid, comfortable budget, which is, you know, fair. Like, I, I think for any indie developer, you're taking a chance signing up with Big, Big Mode and you want to cover that as best you can. Yeah, no. I, I think that's a fair thing. Uh, I, another one that I, I saw um, was from, oh, fuck, what are they called? Uh, is it No More Robots? Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Um, the the dude from No More Robots, I forget his name. Mike Rose. Yeah, so he he's, 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 out, a, he's a prolific tweeter. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I saw one of his prolific tweets where he was like, he, he he was kind of like going on on both sides of the fence here. And he was like, yes, it's hard. Maybe he's being a bit naive about it. And he also went on to say, I've had numerous um, influencers message me asking me about like setting up publishing companies. And he says, this is the tip of the iceberg and a bunch more are coming just because he's been approached for his opinion on like how to set that kind of stuff up. But what he did say, referencing No More Robots itself, saying like, hey, it's not like unknowns haven't been able to make waves in the publishing space. Yeah. And also, another another um, positive thing that I found that I haven't put in the document from uh, Noel Berry, who was the programmer behind Celeste. Um, right, of yeah. course, like Dungy has covered and was featured in that video. He said, quote, I genuinely think Dungy has a good eye for fun design, and if he wants to throw money at indie devs, why not? Sure, they might hit some hard realities of making games, but like dot dot dot. That's how you learn. <laughs> can, can I tell you what was just fucking occurred to me? If if you were a, a indie publisher and you sign up with Big Mode and you have to deal with Dunkey, would you, are you dealing with Dunkey or are you dealing with the person behind Dunkey? Because if you're dealing with Dunkey and it's like he's just shit posting the whole fucking time, you're like, I don't know what I'm meant to take from this yeah, is he saying my game is good is he saying it's bad because how could you ever fucking know yeah, like, he seems really on board like you know the money's rolling in and like we're getting a lot of support yeah. and with good great conversations but he also keeps reminding us how much worse our game is than super mario brothers 2 yeah <laughs> yeah and, and he keeps on comparing it to Balan wonder <laughs> wonderland <laughs> exactly. yeah jason gastro by the way is his real name i learned that because of this gastro yeah with a w at the end but still gastro gastroenteritis I, I, I like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you should have called it gastrointestinal with it but with the w in there <laughs> i like it just no idea. oh god oh man yeah it, it it's it's fascinating but but like you said like yeah it's 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 not like i haven't thought of that i think i i think i'd probably be less interested in publisher and more developer if it's like hey hit the lotto like make your own fucking game but again that's like fucking a dime a dozen. I do. Do you think there would have been as much pushback? Probably not, right? Like if Donkey's no, was like, like, "I've played a million games. I know what a good game is. I'm gonna, well, because, I'm gonna yeah, develop a I, game, I or I'm gonna pay someone to develop a game for me." Yeah, like, I think that's an inherently creative endeavor that's seeded within a an idea, and it would be the same if Donkey came out and said, "I'm writing a book, or I'm writing a screenplay, or yeah. I'm making an album." You'd be like, yeah. "This is someone who's got a voice." Whereas, because you're right, this. this Publishes more business. Yeah, this this is more like saying I have got the 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 knowledge and the expertise and the know how, the connections, the funding, and so on and so forth to find the next Hollow Knight and ensure it gets made and seen and exposed and 
you know, platformed and so on and so forth. Like that's that's to that's a big undertaking. And like fair like I said, fair play to him for backing himself on that. And I really hope that lots of great games see the light of day because of the work he does. Um but I, yeah. I do have concerns. It would be un like, you know, unfair of me to not voice them. But uh, at the same time, I only hope for the best for all involved. Prove us wrong, Dunkey. Exactly that, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what happens? He develops a game, and it comes out, and then he does his he does a shit post video on it. Right, like what? Like, cause it's also funny, like creating a publisher on the back of a platform of like, look how good I am at noticing good games. You go, you better fucking watch your back the first time you release a bad one, because again, like I mentioned, like Devolver and Adapurna and Humble or whoever it is, like the like. Bad get bad games will come out. Like there will be games yeah. that come out that just don't register, that don't land, that don't sell, um, and that all that just are bad. And that's just the way it went. Um, and like, yeah, <laughs> you just got you got to be careful because if your if his first <laughs> game isn't like fucking yeah, that first one's got to be a banger. It's got to yeah. be like the next Fez or something. Yeah, exactly. If it's something, yeah, I don't I don't want to speculate, but it's gonna be good. <laughs> All right. Otherwise, Jeez. yeah, the parodies will be thick and fast. Uh, well, I've been playing Danny, games for you know, 10 years, and I know exactly what a good video game looks like. Listen, as soon as the donkey um, voice comes up, that's, that's where we end the podcast. Okay, that's, that's, that's fair. That's the, that's the unwritten rule, okay? So, yeah, we're, we're going to end it there. But, uh, hey, you know, I hope you've had as good a time as we have on this romantic evening. Uh, an evening, an audience with the Super Show Boys, two-thirds of them, at least. Uh, but yeah, I hope you had a good time. Thank you so much for watching, if you're watching on YouTube, listening, if you're listening on a podcasting platform of your choice, experiencing it, if you're experiencing it on paisleyradio.com. And hey, we'll see you next time, hopefully, with a full house. See ya. Bye.